time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 20 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. And this, this, as it is episode 20, I thought it's only uh, only apt that we're not only covering Blood Angels, but we're, co- we're covering it with Mr. Blood Angel himself, the Paul Murphy. How you doing, my man? Oh, man, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. So those of you who don't know Paul, Paul is, uh, I, I, I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that Paul is, an, is a legend and the, uh, the podcast he produced, Forge Narrative, is an institution of the 40k community, something that's been long-standing and gone through edition after edition, you know, rule set after rule set, and it's kind of just evergreen content that hopefully you enjoy. Uh, Paul, but tell us a little bit more about the things you do and, and where people might be able to find you. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Paul Murphy. I run Forge the Narrative. been doing that for several years. Uh, coming up this weekend, in addition to uh, getting the latest episode of Forge Narrative on all the podcast aggregators, you can find us uh, doing some charity work for the Nova Open Charitable Foundation. Tune into that live stream. Exactly right. And there's uh, quite a bit going on with that. It should be very exciting. Uh, at first, uh, lastly, if you feel like really getting involved with that, there are some amazing, amazing raffles up for grabs where you can jump on and just get a warhand titan warlord titan sorry yeah phenomenal initiatives by the, the that organization doing some fantastic things for charity so if you're all interested jump over what is it? it's um what's the website if it's the nova open charitable foundation that you can find it and they have some wonderful things up for raffle right now and you're mm-hmm. you're you buy tickets but your money is going to great causes and you have the opt- uh, p- potential to come away with something truly amazing. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to take this time to talk about all the things. I mean, heck, you're on FTN and where are all the places you can find FTN. But, you know, this is something really immediate uh, mm. coming up this weekend. And uh, check us out there. We're going to be doing a, a three, four-hour live stream where you and I are going to be jibber-jabbering about 40K, the wonderful models. We're going to have some special guests. It's a truly fun experience. And, uh, you know, other than that, find me on Twitter and Instagram. That's a, and it's a really spe- <laughs> it's a really special thing that the community is able to do, uh, and I think it's very important that we support each other in doing and continually doing these altruistic and charitable ventures in order to show that we can be a community that is for good, uh, rather than what we might be represented as of the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Mate, you are here. You are here with me to divulge and deep dive this Blood Angels Codex. Now, I've brought you in, um, and I'll, I'll say this off the bat: not because you are the most top tier competitive Blood Angels player, but you are the the man that I know who has the most longevity with this faction of of literally anybody I know. You've been playing Blood Angels longer than anybody, so I figure well, who better to talk to than the guy who's literally will have been able to tell us their linear and extensive history from what second third edition until now second how edition yeah felt. that's it yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's when it started uh, man so you know they've they've evolved from what was truly a codex chapter to then becoming mm-hmm. you know the things where yeah they now they're a jump pack chapter essentially you know that they they yeah. had they actually progressed a bit over the time you know now they've got this affinity for aerial combat and other things like that and you know that's that's been something that's been laced through but what's always been there is you know they they have this artistry about them they have this this tragic tale about them that, and and yeah. that has been at the very core and, and i mean i hope it doesn't sound too emo but that's that's why i got into them I mean, <laughs> they had a cool picture and that like, made me want to know more but then when i when i read more about them i'm like wow these guys are awesome really like mm. you know what they're all about and you know i used to build you know, you, 
well, I mean, the options were different back there for back in second edition, you know, but I had my 10 man tech squad with a missile launcher and a flamer, you know, that was hell that's yeah, you what did. the blood angels used to be about. And, and strangely enough, we'll get to this when we're talking about, but, uh, you know, the Marine, the blood angels back then were very much held up by the blood angel. I'm sorry, the Space Marine Codex, and we've mm. almost journeyed all the way back to that same concept. It's, I know. I, th- I thought about that. I was like, shit, there's a bit of, bit of a full circle here um, in the, the timeline of this faction. So, But we're going we're gonna to jump in and I'll just tell you a little bit about what Art of War Down Under does. We're, we're a two-part podcast, the second part being for patrons only. This first part, we, we deep dive, dissect a, a piece of content, if it's available, from G-Dub, and um, we really go through it cover to cover and, and give you guys the real deep and depth analysis of firstly what is presented to us and secondly what we think about it how we feel about it um but past that this is a podcast for people who might not always have the ability to to run out and buy every book that comes out that this this is for people who don't have the ability to just learn a book cover to cover in their free time this is hopefully something you guys can read when you're at work on the treadmill hanging out with your kids doing something doing something else and learn a bit absorb a bit about the community a a bit about something new in the meta that you might not be able to learn otherwise and of course in the part two we do a bit of service to our patrons. Patrons will also get this, uh, these episodes a, a, about a week, at least a week um, before anybody else. This one might be going out early because I want to push it out to – because I've got, I've got Paul on, of course, because of the, the Never Charitable stuff, and I want, to, I want to push it out. So this one might be coming out a little bit early. But, uh, yeah, usually the patrons will get it over a week early, and, of course, they get to have a say in the part two where we answer their questions. Um, we talk about how we're going to build lists, how we're going to play things like Blood Angels, and how we're going to conceptualize and uh, build a core around which we can we can build a functional and powerful army. And then we deep dive into the matchups. What, what are they good against? What are they bad against? What are they going to take for secondaries and roller traits and relics, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully you guys find that appealing um, and jump over and find us on Patreon and sign up. If not, you can find us on the um, Art of War 40K uh, brand-new website, and you can sign up for both the Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast for less than the total sum of signing up for both individually, if you so please. But dude, jumping into the Blood Angels Codex, what were your first impressions? So the first time you cracked this bad boy, I know you were keen. I know you were keen. I was talking to you. I know you were keen. Um, <laughs> the first time you got to the first time you got to the end and you'd gone through it cover to cover the first time, what did you think? What was your first impression? Well, so there are some tactics that I've been accustomed to using since Psychic Awakening came out. And, you know, there's some some things, you know, how, you know, we all like to see, I think when we first get a book in our hand, we like to see, can the way I'm playing it right now, is it still viable? Uh, yes. Can I still yep. use all the same units? Can I, you know, functionally perform the same things that I was doing? Can, can my win percentage or whatever that may or may not be, be the same? You know, mm-hmm. and so that's what I checked on at first is like, are can I still do the things I, I, I like doing? Are the stratagems intact? And they're a little bit different. So then it was yes. like, okay, uh, so there's that a little bit of like, okay, things are different. What can I do now? You know, and mm. being a fan of the chapter as much as I did, you know, that, that didn't slow me down. I just got right into the brew, you know, and it, it, the cycle began anew. Mm. So you didn't sit with the knee. You didn't sit with the knee jerk for too long, which I feel like is might be an issue for some players. Some players get to an end of a book and be like, "Everything I was doing has changed," and they sit with that knee jerk reaction that they feel like something has been taken or removed, rather than just jumping straight into the proactive bit. Well, I love. I still love this faction. What can I do from this point? Yeah, I think it's very easy for us. I mean, I'm. A, you know, I often say that I'm a filthy meta chaser as much as the next person. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I enjoy because because you know we look for efficiency when we're building competitive mm-hmm. lists. We look for things that that are the you know the quote unquote right thing to take, and and so we we look for the what are the value options and and I think that a Blood Angel players you know and will be pleased to know that the value options are still value options. There's just a little bit more value options, and yeah. and and what we or should say there's additional value options, and now you know some of the stratagems that we've relied on are not the same, and that's that's where the most adjustment is going to come from is mm. now your your expenditure of stratagems is going to be a little bit different. Yeah, so jump, jumping into the first bit and, and how this presented, this is, the GW have changed it on us. It used to be that there was a, we'll go detachment abilities and then into things like stratagems, wallet trades, relics, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then the, the last thing before you get to the, the, the detachment abilities and things like the um, the Battleforge abilities, I guess, before you get to the data sheets, was the secondaries. And now the secondaries are the first thing. So I'm going to tell you guys about the first secondary, <laughs> which is now the first thing in the book. Uh, this one is for Purged Enemy. It's called Blade of Sanguinius. Um, it reads as, at the start of your first command phase you must select one blood angel character model from your army to issue a challenge to your opponent and then they must select one character from their army to accept it if either player do not have a character they must select their warlords score five victory points at the end of the game so for each of the following conditions that have been satisfied model that accepted the challenge has been destroyed model that accepted the challenge was destroyed by a melee attack model that accepted the challenge was destroyed by a melee attack made by a model that issued the challenge so to get the full 15 the guy that that the guy that issued the challenge has to kill the dude that accepted it but to get just get 10, that guy just has to die by a melee attack. And unless we get through this and things have drastically changed and Blood Angels for some freaking reason is now a shooting army, uh, which it's not, I can tell you already, it's not. Um, most likely, the way you're going to kill someone's big characters is going to be in melee, right? Yeah, yep, I agree. I love this uh, this mission, by the way. I mean, I, this mm-hmm. secondary is actually good. The, um, am I supposed to tell you what I think the, the challenge with this is now? Yeah, is absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, tell, tell us what you think about it. How do you feel about it? So I do I, again. I love it uh, unquestionably, but the challenge here is that it, this is one of those that gives a little bit too much power to your opponent, mm. uh, and so you may be slowed down on that uh, those points, and and th- be- because your opponent has the ability to stymie you even outside of just you know potentially blocking off something for you or whatever, they they yeah. could make it to be where it's very difficult for you to get ten of these points. Mm. There are a couple of ways they could have made this a lot more, uh, I guess, palatable. Like a few of the terms and conditions could have changed to make this a lot more, a lot easier. It could be that at the start of the battle, uh, you, a model that you have on the table picks a model that they have on the table, rather than because the, the issue is you pick your opponents. Ah, oh, let's say I, I accept it with my twenty-seven point astropath when I'm playing. Um, I'm playing guard, and I'm like, well, I'm guess I'm going to pay a CP and keep that guy off for three turns, and then he's going to walk on the table wherever your army isn't, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, and then it's it's just a pain in the ass because they can afford to do that. They can just say, oh, here's my least important thing that I don't actually care about dying, so you don't have any impetus to kind of chase my stuff down. I'm just going to leave it off the table, um, and I mean, God forbid, you know, it's, it's like a, a Tempestus Prime that already has Deep Strike or something of that ilk. Well, um, well, not every army gets that option. So, I mean, some some armies rely more on the characters. I mean, yes, uh, w- one of the things about like. Uh, yeah, Astro Militarum is that yeah, they could they have thirty five characters on the table or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and, and none of them die because they're all hiding behind a building or something. You know, they're just three hundred bodies. Or, yeah. yeah, they're they're pretty much like you could play the whole game without them, and it really won't mm-hmm. bother you too much. Or you you rely on the bulk of your tanks and stuff. But there are some mm-hmm. armies that absolutely have no ability to. To not engage with their characters, they need their characters. They're knights, space marines. Space marines you, like don't have really have any characters they can't afford to use or wield, um, unless they just got like two, two or three lieutenants for some reason. They pick the third of their lieutenants, but 
you ever played against knights, geez, you're just going to get 15 points. Well, well even like, Tau. I mean, Tau have, have the option of like hiding their characters to where, you know, maybe not getting them in melee range and stuff, but they still mm. need them on the, they need to be on the table every yeah. round. Like, how many turns can you afford to go without a, a, a suit commander? Like, you can't. You can't afford to not have a suit commander on the table. Yeah. Um, so I think you'll you get opportunities to use this. Yeah, do you want to hit up the next one if you got it up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so No Mercy, No Respite. This is a uh, Fury of the Lost uh, progressive objective. Score three victory points at the end of your turn if one or more enemy units have been destroyed by a death company unit from your army this turn. Pretty cut and dry, isn't it? You know, you, if you build a heavy death company army, like if you build a crapload of death company into your army, this is a good objective. This is a good one. Otherwise, it's it's probably meh. What I like about this is that it ties into the rest of the book. So there's mm. there's now an option, and uh, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but you can make a couple of characters, uh, death company yeah. characters, and you could do that before with the strategy. I mean, this is one of those things that has changed, and I like this change because instead of spending a valuable CP, you get to spend some points on it, and it just seems a little mm. bit more fair. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, go ahead. And we know Blood Angels have notoriously been all the way through Eighth Edition. Blood, Blood Angels was a very, very CP thirsty army. So maybe those points, like you said, the points that the points thing that they're putting into into books is, is a different value depending on the on how much you valued a CP before. Like before, like a you know, like speak from a guard player as I was before. Um, I didn't care about CP. I could just throw all my CP against the wall if I needed to. Turn one didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but spending points, you know. I could have to drop you into guardsmen, if some butts, and there's different armies you'd build. But uh, I think that's one's pretty cut and dry. There's not much to discuss about. You, know, you get a kill with your death company, you get three points. Well, well, yeah, but you can have lots of death company units. So it's not exactly like right, the death yeah. company aren't zero one, and you also have character models that can be death companies. Mm. So you can go around and, I mean, you could you could have most of your army in a regular old game be death company and have the potential to pick up some points here if that's what you mm. wanted to do. And Death Company are very good from, for slinging from one side of the table to the other, picking up a small unit, getting you three points. And then, like, you essentially you could play a non aggressive Death Company army like this and just score a bunch of points. The issue is, like, you've got, you got to get a kill turn one. And so that, that means you're probably going to fall on three. But you're playing Death Company. So why aren't you falling on no, Fury? You're going to fall on Fury is one of those. Again, I flipped to see can I still do this? And the answer is yes, it's different. But if you got first turn, it works the same, works practically the same yeah. way as it did before. All right, on to the next one. This one's Death from Above. Uh, score two victory points at the end of your turn. If any enemy units were destroyed by a Blood Angel unit from your army that was set up on the battlefield and reinforcement step of your movement phase in any sorry, in any of your movement phase. Yep, of any of your movement phases. Um, if any of those enemy units were a character, score three points instead. So if you if you just deep strike a unit for the rest of the game, if they get a kill, you get two points. Yeah, this that's is an, I that's see, an I don't... little bit of bookkeeping though, isn't it? It is, and I, and I don't know how I feel about this one because of mm. because of that. Uh, I think that you're going to get into possibly some discussions with your opponent, but I also think that, um, you, you know, you're you're going to need a lot of your things on the table in a. Where, I mean, it's a five turn game now, yeah. and you got to be scoring points every turn to mm. to really get ahead, stay ahead, and so I think reinforcements. The traditional reinforcements for a smaller model count army like Marines are going to be um, utilized less. So the first time I saw this, I thought automatically it was it was terrible because there was no way to get points of it from turn one. So there's no way to max it out, technically. Because um, it's only two points instead of three points if you get a character. Five, two, two, it's only 10 points. And it's a lot It's a lot of work. And then I was just like, so I, I, it's, almost, it's mostly capped at 10 points unless I, I get some opportunistic characters. Um, and then how do I get points out of it turn one? I was like, the only 
how do you deep strike turn one and then get a ch- and then destroy something? Like you'd have to either use a drop pod. Yeah, drop pod. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, or you'd have to use the redeploy Phobos unit. You have to redeploy a Phobos unit for their CP. And I was just like, oh man, you're just locking yourself into like throwing some stuff at your opponent in order to get points from this turn one, which I think that's why it's bad. Because like you think about, it, oh cool, yeah, I can get two points a turn, but you're gonna have to throw some things away turn one in order to make it work. Um, and so you, you, you're most likely looking at a, a thing that you can only get eight points out of rather than 10, let alone not getting the 15. It's very themey. Um, I like to, so when I'm picking my secondaries, I actually like to score points in bigger chunks. Mm. You yep. know, so yep. I have less to think about. So I, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Take because there's a lot going on in the game. I'm not trying to be too, you know, too uh, casual there. I just think there's, mm. you know, I, part of a way that I, I like to win more games is that I'd reduce the decision points that I have to make in bookkeeping that I have to do yep. Yep. over the course of, you know, six round, eight round tournament. Mm. Well and said. This is just one of those that, that contributes to more bookkeeping. Mm. You want <laughs> to more, about putting more uh, control in your opponent's hands as well. And I, I, I don't want, I don't like to do that. You want to tell us about this last one? Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say this last one is one of the best secondaries in the game. So Battlefield Supremacy, the uh, score four victory points. Uh, Relentless Assault is the name of the thing. Score four victory points at the end of your turn if there are more Blood Angel units from your army in the enemy deployment zone than there are enemy units in your deployment zone. So basically, you're going to get this all the time. You're just going to get this. <laughs> uh, well, I, I see. It, it's, so this is what Linebreaker should be linebreaker right now is is kind of it's kind of poorly worded you need to have two units in your opponent's deployment zone it's actually quite hard to maintain that um but this is just have more in their deployment zone than they have in yours and it's four points it's four points guys you only need three turns out of five and you've gotten the lion's share you've scored 12 and you'll, you'll be a happy boy as i was mentioning i like to score my points in bigger chunks yeah man and this and is so a big this chunk. Is one of those. Yeah, and and also uh, I believe if you're going to play an assault army that you need to devote most of your points to assault. Mm. Uh, otherwise you just get, you know, you 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 open it up to where your opponent has, you know, you've made their decisions for them because they have to just kill the one thing in front of them. So you're playing like mm. a wood chipper, you know, they're, they're yeah. the wood chipper, you're the wood in that situation. Yeah. Uh, not not great. Uh but if so if you have, you know, 1800 points or your 2000 devoted to assault, that should give you a bunch of units. You should be able to push them up and maybe yeah. score a lot of points. You're just going to be playing into this already. I think this is, a, this, this to me, if I was a Blood Angel player with a, a well-rounded Blood Angel list, this is bordering on an auto-tag against maybe anything except like White Scars or stuff that's going to be able to push you to the same kind of level that you push them. Um, but yeah, that's it for the for those. And that, that, and that last one is the obvious standout, isn't I, it? I agree with everything you just said except well-rounded. If well-rounded means <laughs> well, 1,800 points of assault, then yes. If it doesn't, well, then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, Blood Angels uh, terms and terms and conditions, well-rounded. Okay. Um, this, jumping Back over to board. the detach, detachment abilities. So if, if you are, you know, Savage Echoes hasn't changed, has it? It's still plus one attack in Assault Doctrine? Yeah, it's, that's pretty much the yeah. same. Or it's, it's, it is the same. It's not pretty much it's the same. Mm. So then we're jumping over to the loss. And this is, uh, this is brand new. So it used to be you would spend a CP on... What was the... It was Death Vision Sanguinius to make a, a captain or a, a lieutenant or a character into um, Death Company. And now you spend yep. some points. It is one power, plus one power level for each. And it's plus 20 points to turn a captain to Death Company and plus 10 points to, to uh, turn a lieutenant. I'll just read out all these um, at once. So a model in, inducted into Death Company has the Black Rage and Death Vision's abilities. And I'll tell you about, we'll tell you about Death Vision straight after this. A model inducted into Death Company cannot be your warlord and cannot be given any other chapter command upgrade. So you can't make it a chapter master. 
which I think is fair. A captain inducted into the Death Company rights of battle replaced with uh, rights of rage, which pretty much means they have the same rerolls, but those rerolls only accept only affect Death Company core units um, rather than um, all core units within six. Uh, and then the lieutenant has exactly the same, but their reroll ones only affect Death Company rather than the other, other way around. Um, and then the Death Company character units are excluded from company command rules. Uh, this means, for example, a Death Company detachment sorry a detachment can include both one death company captain and one regular captain um Th- that's the bonus this, right there that's that, exactly right really good, i have yeah. to say this is how you get your multiple smashies back isn't it yeah yeah um, but, but what are your thoughts there how, how do you feel about it so um I would always take this when I took, I mean, basically, if I'm taking a captain, I'm taking the death company thing on him because mm-hmm. of the, the stuff that it gives them, uh, because of the, the feel no pain and the extra attack and, you know, all this, this other kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's uh, it, it target for stratagems, you know, I love it. That's, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. But I will say that, that the HQ section is, is really contested in the Blood Angel yeah. stuff. Yep. 100%. Well, because, and once we get to them, you guys will, will see why, because uh, this, a sleuth of their special characters are very worth taking. And on top of that, we know how good captains are, chapter masters, uh, chaplains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, I mean, it is good. I think this is, if you were, if you want to continue to use this from the previous incarnation of the army list, then I think this is a better option for you. I think uh, it's so an we're upgrade gonna... from the previous so for those following along at home, we're going to jump ahead to page 63 here and to pretty much tell you guys what Death Visions is, because this is something that's been brand brand new added um, to this book. And um, I, Paul, are you able to tell us what Death Visions are? Like, what is this? Uh, yeah, so this is something that you can enact once per game, and there's stratagem that lets you do more than once per game, so that, that, that's pretty cool. But one of the things, so the Black Rage, uh, the the people that followed the, the in the Blood Angel that follow the Black Rage, they actually are, they're, they're said to have visions from sanguinius's death and mm. now na- that is never really made manifest in a rule before and here we go and now it is and it's yeah. sick yeah, it, yeah it's really good <laughs> so when the blood angel battle brothers comes to the black rage their doom is assured yet before they fall their murderous frosty inhuman strength and near supernatural resilience make them a terrifying threat to any enemy who dares stand in their path which is true now, so they, they essentially they go a bit rabid don't they they no <laughs> they, they become, I, they become I, utterly I focused. <laughs> Take that back, Adam. No. They become focused. Uh, it, it's not. It's not their fault that every enemy happens to look like a Black Legion Marine or a, or a son of Horus or Horus yeah. himself. Uh, but here we go. In your movement phase, each time this unit is selected to move, it cannot fall back. So there are some drawbacks here. Outside. Uh, each time this unit fights, uh, if it made a charge move or performed heroic intervention this turn, then until that uh, fight is resolved, add one to the attack characteristics of the model in the unit. This is Black Rage. This is not the Death Visions. This is what Black Rage gives you. Um, uh, each time a model in this unit would lose a wound, roll 1d6 on a 6. That wound is not lost. That really pays dividends. Um, it doesn't come up all the time, but sometimes you just wish you had one more wound on your dude. And well, sometimes this, your your two wound boy is getting shot by a, a two damage plasma gun. He's like, oh, I'm going to roll a six. Oh, spoiler! <laughs> Jumping ahead, <laughs> it was in the index. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with when you've got a five wound character, you know, you're, you're not guaranteed a six, of course. But you have lots of opportunities to roll that. And each time that they they hang in there a little bit past their expiration date, you're you're going to be taking a lot of enemies down with them. Mm. 
Um, and then the other big downside in this edition is the unit cannot perform any actions as described in the Warhammer 40,000 core book. Yeah, bit rough that one. It It is, but look, if you just, you know, just take a lot of killing and holding stuff <laughs> and ground and, and Man, being in a pl- positional stratagems or, or secondaries, you're all right. If you just kill them all, you don't need to do actions. That's right. It's all, yep. So that's somebody else's job. So the first of these death visions is uh, called On the Bridge of the Vengeful Spirit, which is fan-freaking-tastic. It really uh, model, is. Yeah. It is. It's so cool. A model can only use this death vision if uh, an enemy infantry character or monster character model are visible to it. If a model uses death vision, then until the fight is resolved, uh, add one to the that model's attack characteristic for every five enemy models that are within six of it. Uh, each time that model makes an attack, you can re-roll the hit roll. So full re-rolls to hit, um, and extra attacks for every five enemy models you just you don't have to be in combat with the infantry with the character you have to just be able to draw a line of sight to it from this guy and it's until the fight is resolved so this is this is pretty cool in the right circumstances like you could line this up when you're surrounded by 30 orc boys and just start going ham yeah. and now remember this is a this is a one use thing unless you're mm. i think you know willing to burn some cps but uh, i mean so thunder hammers are on characters like this, I don't think are necessarily required anymore. Yeah, I agree. So if you if you were to go, uh, you know, two lightning claws or even teeth of terror, yeah, yeah teeth of terror with with mm-hmm. a uh, storm shield or something, you know, you're yep. you've created a, a blender, and then this just gives you extra stuff. And and this is you know we were talking about more when before maybe i maybe it might have been in our pre-show uh but i don't think that's it with this character so or no, when you so. when you use this you what you're doing is you're sending someone off to create a very unfortunate morale situation for your opponent mm. yeah and on top of that like the four rolls to hit uh so anybody you put this on either a lieutenant or a captain they're already going to be re-rolling um so they're, they're going to be hitting on twos, but let's say your opponent has a minus one. You only reroll ones, unless, and you can't upgrade either of these guys to a chapter master. So this this would give you the four rerolls that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. And I like that. I think that's good. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is very strong, and this is something that you could kind of pull out almost like your. It's not like a get out jail free card, but it is definitely you know something that your your opponent will be will pucker up when you when you pop this. Thing. <laughs> we'll pucker up. All right, what's the next one? So the the grace of the angel, a model can only use his death vision if the if an any enemy infantry character or monster character model are within engagement range of it. If a model uses this death vision, then until the end of that turn, the model has a three plus invulnerable save. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. So so now we know storm shields not the best. In, you know they've they've lost a, a bit of a, a pip on their invulnerable saves. Yeah, uh, well, so they're, ha- they're better against things Halo. like orc boys, there because you get the two plus armor and stuff. Yeah, so th- yeah, this yeah. is when you're fighting. But more so you're on. better against the, the meaningless fire. Exactly. Yeah, this is when you need him to stick against somebody that's obviously just going to pa- like smash his face in. Otherwise, yeah, I, th- I think things like Mortarion or I mean knights. I think you're kind of you're probably going to do okay against them anyway. But this is you know you mm-hmm. want this guy to be able to go off and just be his own thing. You know, I, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking yep. like hero hammer type stuff. But you you really he is a a force of nature onto himself, and these things, all of these abilities allow him to to fulfill that role. It just does it does what it says on the tin. He, he mm-hmm. gets out there. 
It does work. <laughs> All right, last one. To slay the War Master. What a fitting title. Our model can only use this death vision if any enemy infantry characters or monster characters are within engagement range of it. If a model uses this uh, death vision, then instead of making any attacks for the fight phase, for, for that fight, sorry, both players roll off. If you win, select one of those enemy models, that model suffers D3 plus 3 mortal wounds. So this is this is really good. Um, it, because you stop them attacking, just you just instead of making any attacks for that fight, both players roll off. Is, well, yeah. uh, actually, interesting. Does this, does this mean neither player makes attacks? Yeah, it's a, instead of uh, making yeah. any yeah. attacks for that fight, both players roll off. So that means no matter what, they don't get to attack you. But because if you if they win the roll, nothing happens. It's only if you win the mortals go through. Yeah. So essentially, like this is a better forbidden gem. You know, if you know what everyone knows what the forbidden gem is, you you target a character, roll over their leadership, and then they can't take part in um that whatever phase of the game you decided to enact it in. So this is this is like the this is actually a better this is actually better than the one before the one previously. Um, because the one previously you think you're going to go in and you're going to stop up something that was going to crush into you like a mortarian, but this this goes in and does the same thing, stops him from stops mortarian from swinging into you, and then just like opportunistically you can deal like five mortal wounds to the bastard as well. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's plenty is, of things to where if it like, is Magnus. I mean, how long, how uh, dangerous is Magnus? You know, on one wound, still pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like this is yeah. absolutely right. Um, the, it, I think some people will argue that it, the other person still gets to attack. I could see it being re- being read both ways, but right now I think that's the intent. I think the intent is that they need the player gets to attack, and you just roll off. And see what happens. Um, and I hope that's how it goes because if it is, that's really powerful and quite fun. Anything that seems th- that a revolutionary, I would certainly put on a fact watch. Yeah, I would as well. But at the same time, you, you gotta we gotta kind of play the rules as written, and mm-hmm. it's true. It it both players. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is that is it for the death visions and the, the the lost and the damned and attachment abilities. So we're gonna jump straight into the stratagems. We're not gonna halt this this big bad train. And the first of those is descent of angels for one CP. Um, use the stratagem at the end of your movement phase. Select one Blood Angels core jump pack unit from your army that was set up on the battlefield during the reinforcement step of this phase till the end of the turn. Each time a charge roll is made for that unit, you can ignore any and all modifiers to that charge. Each time a, char- a model in that unit makes an attack, add one to the attack's hit roll. So for the turn in which they are deployed, which they come down, they or, or for Blood Angels, you automatically get the plus one to the charge and plus one to wound on the charge. Um, but now you get to ignore all those forests, all those craters that your opponent might want to make you go through, and you get plus one to hit if you make it. I think it's pretty good for one CP. Yeah, so this is one of those two. It's worded in a way that you know we talked about on FTN with the the space wolves. You know, you get mm-hmm. to you can ignore any or all modifiers. So it's a may. You know, it's not you must. You don't ignore your plus one. You just ignore the crappy yep. stuff you don't like. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, but so this is where it's different. It's not a 3d6 charge anymore. Mm, I know. And, and that's to where you have to be like, I really liked that 3d6 because, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. What I wanted to say, you had a 3d6 charge from reserve. It was freaking fantastic. Uh, yeah, but, but you didn't is... get the plus one to the hit roll, I don't think. So that's, uh, yeah. so they've taken a little bit away, but given you something that if you connect, it's even more deadly. Exactly right. I think this is a, People will say this is a downgrade. I think it's more of a side grade. I think um, the, the the times when this is good, 
is going to be when you're against better opponents and not just stomping a dude with your 3d6 charge that you're probably going to do anyway. Well, it's um, one CP2. I, th- I believe he had FAQ'd or it may have been t- two all along, but uh, yeah. it was it was more expensive, didn't get, and I don't think he got you the hit roll before, if my it memory did, yeah. serves. It didn't get and, the hit roll for sure. And, and this is, so it is, it's because of the, the reduction in cost and because of the additional hit, it is it is a shift, it's different. And, and plus, mm-hmm. look, you do get the plus one and you get to, you could buff that. We'll, we'll get there with how you get to make that better anyway. Yeah, so. yeah exactly right. Um, what do you want to do the next one? Uh, Vengeance for Sang- Sanguinius. Use the stratagem in the fight phase when a Blood Angel unit from your army is selected to fight. Until the end of the phase, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack against a, bl- a Black Legion unit, you can re-roll that, att- <laughs> that attack's hit roll, and you can re-roll that attack's wound roll. I mean, it's, what's not to it's, like? It's Vengeance for Cadia, should you ever play against some Black Legion stuff, which is not that prevalent at the moment. But yeah, it's cute. If, if it comes up, it'll be fun. Well, this uh, is one. This is very themey for the Blood Angels. It, it yeah. and you've you've had it before, but it wasn't quite as good. Uh, the mm-hmm. wording wasn't as good. It was like, okay, so I'm never going to fight them, and it's expensive when I do or whatever. But now, <laughs> in, this is better. And when it comes up, you're you're going to create a the the, the Black Legion player is going to feel uh, very threatened. Yeah, absolutely, they will. Uh, next one is refusal to die. This is a one slash two CP strat. Use a stratagem after a death company unit from your army is selected as a target of an attack till the end of that phase. Instead of having six up, feel no pain. They have a five up, um, and it's if it's for five or fewer models, it's one CP. Um, five or more is two CP. I like this a lot. I think this is something that um, death company actually needed uh, because in the clutch moments, and now that now that they've lost um, transhuman, this gives them a little bit of that back, a little bit of that clutch. Yeah, five uh, dudes, they must have lost a lot. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they've got for the five dudes yeah for sure <laughs> um i like this what do you think uh yes okay so it, it it is good so getting the the feel no pain to a five plus i mean what you've doubled your odds at mm. ignoring injury but I mean, that's a 100 percent improvement for the low low cost of a couple of cp and when like how blood angels win is having more of your guys alive in turn four and five. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Spot on. Or turn three, technically turn three, uh, than mm-hmm. your opponent expects you to have. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah. It's amazing. I agree. Next one's yours, mate. Uh, aggressive onslaught. Use this stratagem in the fight phase. Select one flesh tears infantry unit from your army until the end of the phase. Each time a model in that u- unit makes a pylon or consolidation move, it can move an adi- up to an additional three inches. Um Movement's nice. the best best thing in the game. So anything that helps you move even more is better. Flesh terror, flesh terror specific. Interesting. Yeah, that's so. I, 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 flesh terrors. That's one of the things that have it, because of the stories. You know, some uh, great GW writing, oh, and, and and uh, you know they've had some support by Seth and um, mm-hmm. and and even in the I won't get into the lore. I don't know if, uh, if you want me to get into too deep into the lore, but they've their their flesh terrors have resonated with folks, and to see them prominently featured in this book is great. Yeah, and it's it's, it's not something that GW has done before, but I think GW has, has acknowledged just how well loved that chapter is, and they decided to give them a, a, a bit of a bit of service here, which I think is all for the better. Absolutely, yeah. all for the better. Um, next one is Angels. Angels sacrifice. Use this as one CP. Use this stratagem in the fight phase. Select one Blood Angels character unit, excluding vehicles from your army until the end of that phase. Each time an enemy unit is selected to fight, if a model in that unit is within engagement range of this that character unit, when your opponent is selected to target for its attacks, those attacks can only target uh, the character unit. So you can divert their fire 
away. And this is this is cool when you think about those death visions we just went into. Um, when you can when you got somebody who's like let's say. Like we said before, Mortarian. You can say, oh, for one CP, Morty can't find into the fight into these eight Sanguinary Guard. Then they're gonna kill him if he doesn't hit them first. You have to fight this. Have to put all your attacks into this character. And I'm gonna pop the three, pop the three plus Invuln Death Vision this turn as well. And mwah, that is a thing of beauty. Yeah. So, so there are characters that, I mean, they some several of them. You know that you're gonna get to a point in the game where they have like depreciating returns. Now, I'm not saying yeah. you should sacrifice any play, but when you're playing to win, you got to do that sometimes. Uh, and, and so when you're in turn three, turn four, when you're coming, you know, everything's coming to a head and some business has to get done, you might have to make a sacrifice play, such as a la name of stratagem here, yep. and yep. Get, get the job done. Well, and, and this, we had, there are things that are so explosive. So these things, this is interesting, yeah, um, can only target the character. So if... Each time an enemy unit, the whole unit, yeah. So you could have this guy with an engagement range of one orc boy, and that orc boy has a frontage of the, and they have 20 other guys, 30, 39 of their other models in their unit are engagement range of five intercessors. And then you, they've already piled in, they've already consolidated. Well, and you go, if if a model in that unit is within engagement range of that character unit when your opponent is selecting uh, targets for its attacks. And so, yeah, that's one of those things that you should. Yeah, it's probably could bear some clarification. Is it the whole unit, or is it just as you're going model by model sledding? Ah, uh, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Yeah, so maybe it's not as crazy as I thought. But dude, it's still like it might be on things like Mortarian on knights. That is <laughs> it's phenomenal. Uh, well, 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 I mean, it's Abaddon. You know, I mean, okay, or you're going up against a inter uh, Imperium skirmish, Gilliman. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, who, who yeah. would? I mean, things that will Sanguinary Guard are amazing. Death Company are amazing, but they are Marines and on Marine bodies. And there are things that can can chew them up. Well, we'll get to some value. I think there's a, a term that I'm going to attach to Blood Angels a little bit when, once we get down the line because I think there's been a polarity shift internally within this codex. And uh, there's a thing that we're going to I'm going to call called value judgments. I'm going to we're going to do that in part two a little bit because there's some value judgments I think you need to make when you're playing Blood Angels now. When it used to be, it didn't matter. All my stuff killed. Everything killed. Everything. I just needed that. I could just pump enough CP into it and it would get the job done. Not so much the case now. I think that that becomes a bit more of a discussion. We'll jump into that when we get it though, and I'll hit the next one. This is uh, spiritual might. This is one CP. You just strategy him in your psychic face, like one blood angel psychic unit from your army that you can attempt to cast, manifest one additional psychic power uh, with that unit. This face, I like that one CP. It's 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 pretty. It's a pretty well known CP though, isn't it? Pretty well known strat. Let, let me let me go a one step further here and reread this. Select one Mephiston from your army attempt to manifest <laughs> one additional psychic power for Mephiston in the face. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you might as well hit the next one as well for us. <laughs> Visions of Sanguinius uses stratagem when a death company character model from your army is selected to fight. That model can do one of the following. If that model has already used a death vision, uh, it can use another death vision in this phase. Uh, it cannot be a death vision you already used. If the model has not already used a death vision, it can use two different death visions this phase. Hmm. And so with the wording of those, you wouldn't be able to do, well, you wouldn't want to do the one where you don't get to fight and then maybe do the mortal wounds. You'd probably want to get a bunch of extra attacks and turn on the three plus invon, right? I would do that mortal wound thing three times in a row if I could. <laughs> but the thing is, there's no like getting extra, a bunch of extra attacks, but then you can't attack. doesn't make any sense. Like if you're doing... Uh, oh, you know, right. I see what cool. you mean. Yeah. But you, yeah. Can't, you can't double up and you have to use a different one. And so, yeah. Exactly just, right. Yeah. Getting a bonus uh, vision for one CP seems like a steal. 
and opportunistically, like like turn five when you need a big freaking shift out of this boy, I think that's a great way to get some work done. Um, next one, Angel's Exemplar. This is one CP. Use a stratagem after nominating a Blood Angels character model that is not a named character to be your Warlord. You can generate one additional Warlord trait, blah, blah, blah. If uh, this model is from a Blood Angels successor um, or other than Flesh Tears, it must be from the Blood Angels Warlord trait table, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just extra, extra, extra uh, Warlord traits. Not much to see there. And I believe well, the it, next it, one... It's, it's not necessarily an extra... It is an extra Warlord trait on a dude, on a single dude. Uh, so yeah, you can, you're, you're buffing up, yeah. up a guy, and mm. and there's there's some play here. I mean, there really is, depending yeah. on which what you're taking. Uh, getting getting the there's a blood angel warlord trait that's like I think stronger than all the rest, and then mm. throwing a space brain warlord trait on him. Exactly you know, kind of thing. right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, reverse that because the way this works, you have to take the space brain <laughs> and then throw the blood angel one on him. But there's it's the same same end result though. Yeah, but yeah, super, we'll super buff a dude. This one and the next one, we'll probably talk to you more when we get to the relic section and the wallets right section because that's when it become more relevant. Because the next one is just give it the, the one guy another relic or another special issue war gear. Yep. Um, so I'll just jump over to Lucifer Pattern Engines, one CP. Use a stratagem uh, before the battle, select one Blood Angels vehicle model, excluding Dreadnought models or, or models that can fly from your army. That model gains the following ability, overcharged engines. Each time this model advances, do not make an advanced roll. Instead, until the end of the phase, add six to the move characteristic of this model. Do you know where I like this? I really like this for five blade guard in a um, impulsor. Yeah, just guaranteeing yeah. the impulsor is going to go full max distance, and then they're going to hop out. You'll see that. My, like my pre this book list, I, I did have five blade guard Mephiston in a impulsor. Mm. That's just you know deal with it. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> deal with it. It's not my problem. It's yours. <laughs> yeah, love it. Um, I wish this was a little bit better. Like I wish I could, I could legitimately say I wanted to do this on a predator or a, a land raider, but I'm, unfortunately, I just kind of well, don't. It just, so yeah, I, I think to. this seems almost like a, you know, just a, a token inclusion. Like, yeah, mm, we know that you have Lucifer. You know, we've we talked about Lucifer pattern engines before. Um, I guess we need to put a stratagem in here. Yeah, bit of a shame, but I mean, this is just the, the changing of the guard, kind of. Uh, you want to grab the next. Uh, so honored by the Arx Angelicum. Did you give me that? Because uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's tradition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, use this stratagem after nominating a model drawn from a Blood Angel successor chapter to be your warlord. You can give one relic uh, of the angels to a character model in your army that is drawn from the Blood Angels successor chapter instead of giving them a special uh, issue war gear. So that that's, that's actually pretty good because you know the special issue war gear. While there are some gems in there. Blood Angels has some pretty sweet relics. Uh, I agree. Um, but that is pretty cut and dry, isn't it? Yes. All right, on to the next. But, it, but it's, Red. it's also, you can't ignore it because it's powerful. Like it, yeah, ex oh, exactly right. If, yeah. if you're I mean, taking I, I, the successor chapters like Flesh Terrors, like we are just talking about, or you've got your mm -hmm. you know, uh, Lamenters, <laughs> incredibly difficult <laughs> color scheme, but yet awesome that they're Blood Angels. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yellow with black and white checkers, yeah? And a heart. It's, and a heart. Yeah. In the checkers, yeah, it's rough. The good army, the good Lamenters armies are top shelf. And unfortunately, like Harlequins, if you just slap the paint on them and just try and make it work, oh, it's a bit rough. Um, <laughs> Red Rampage, 1 CP. Use your stratagem in your command phase if the Assault Doctrine is active for your army. Till your next command phase, each time a Blood Angels model from your army uh, makes an attack with a pistol weapon or melee weapon on a modified rune roll of six arm penetration characteristics of that attack is improved by one. This bonus is culminative with combat doctrines abilities you can only use this stratagem once i don't like that you can only use this stratagem once i feel like uh, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to use this more than once um 
It's good though, especially like Sangard, like they have all the, the wrist mounted pistol stuff, yeah? Uh, yes, I would much prefer this to be D3 attacks uh, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, which is what it used to be, right? Yeah, uh, you know, it's hard for me to get excited about this, but so, so, mm. but here's the, here's one of those things. Like knowing that you have this in your toolbox is what separates, you know, like mediocre player, players from amazing players. Absolutely, uh, yeah, great. it's one of those things. So when you're in the situation where it matters, and yeah, you're talking about you got you got nine guys with Bristol mounted pistols, or you got ten Death Company guys that you mm. you know need a little bit of extra oomph out of. You know, because sometimes, even though there are blenders, there's they're going to need a little help. Yeah. Uh, well, do you know? Do you know where I like it the most? Um, lightning claws, because then you can you can reroll the wound. You can fish for the sixes. Like if you like, let's say you need you, you're wounding on threes, but you're going into a one plus save, so they they they're, they're going to bounce. So you need the sixes to push them to their invuln, their four plus invuln, or whatever from, on a terminator. You can just reroll whatever of the wounds you want and fish the extra sixes to get more damage through. Th- th- that I quite like. Yep. So, I mean, with the melee stuff, it's the Blood Angels are already good at melee. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Uh, like, but but still, look, it, you know, sometimes the orcs, you know, that they, they're gonna like mega knobs. You know, we talk about that. Mm, like true. they can yeah, be incredibly di- di- difficult to dig out. I mean, the 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 chain sword is, is already gonna you know do some of the work depending on what doctrine you're in and that kind of stuff. But you know, look, this is when you need it. Remember that you have it, and you'll be mm. glad you did. To be happy to do, but you're not going to uh, need it a lot. Is where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, and uh, next one's yours. Uh, Unbridled ardor. Use this stratagem at the end of the heroic intervention step of your opponent's charge phase. Select one secondary guard from your army that is within six inches horizontally and five inches vertically of, of any enemy units. The selected unit is eligible to perform a heroic intervention as if it were a character, and when performing a heroic intervention. Each model in that unit can move up to six inches instead of three inches. All other rules for heroic intervention still apply. This is very good. Yeah. This is very, very good. But it's only secondary guard, which it wasn't before. And this is Mm, uh, more of a reason to push towards heavy secondary guard, which uh, which I agree with. And and you're not going to go wrong there. You're also not going to go wrong with Death Company. Death Company get a lot of push too. (laughs) But but they compete for spots and function. They do. I wish, I wish like Death Company went to fast attack. Um, Because now you've got, you got. Sangard Death Company and Vanguard Vets and Blade Guard Vets and Terminators all just jammed into that elite slot. It's actually a bit it's a bit it's a bit claustrophobic in there, you know? It's too you can't wiggle <laughs> at all. Uh, I, I like this a lot though. I like I like this a lot. Because you can just if you if you need to, if someone's sitting in ruins or sitting in cover or sitting in a really awkward position for you to charge, you just move in advance into their face. Uh, and then whatever they don't shoot through just intervenes into them. I love it. You can pin well, people in with this. And, yeah, it, it's one CP, and you're using it with a unit you're probably going to take anyway. You're 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 yep. taking them yep. before, so this is nothing but an upgrade, as it's not two CP anymore. Mm. If you did were taking opponent, this anyway, did your opponent have nine broadsides all within six of each other? <laughs> this <laughs> well, is the way you get around the Overwatch. It's it's one of those things that are great. So if you're playing against you know another assault army that has really no option but to come towards you then you know you uh, you want to control the momentum you know this is something we always talk about you know, like i i want to be controlling the momentum of the game uh, with the, with the, any army i'm playing but more specifically assault armies and this helps with that it helps Absolutely. helps you control that in your opponent's turn 
All right, on to the next Fall on Fury. This is a one slash two CP strat. Use a stratagem at the start of the first battle round before the first turn begins. Select one death company unit from your army. That unit can make a normal move of up to 12 inches as if it was your moving phase, but must end that move more than nine inches away from enemy models. If both players have units that can do this before the turn begins, the player who is taking first turn moves their units first. If this unit contains a Dreadnought model, um, or if it contains six or more models, this stratagem costs two CP, otherwise it costs one CP. Um, it's just, it's pretty much just as good as it was. I mean, it, it's is it was it two CP always, and now it's one uh, slash two CP. One CP. Yeah, exactly. So there is a little bit of a discount there if you if you did. And I like that you can. Uh, could you use it before on a on a dreadnought or something, or was it only locked to death company? Um, death company uh, company. I don't remember if it's only death. So the, you you bring up an important point. So uh, I think maybe since we've been talking about death company, where everyone might be envisioning uh, dudes on jump packs that have been there since second edition. You know, yes, <laughs> it's but it's not anymore. We got Death Company intercessors. We have Death Company characters. We have Death Company dreadnoughts. Yes, you know there. Yes. Yeah, there are many things now that could be Death Company. Yeah, yeah, with that keyword. And while the move, it does say that you know you must end your move nine inches away from enemy models. That didn't used to be there. It used to just be like, mm. well, I'm going to scoot up. I'm going to move in advance, and I'm going to scoot up, and I'm going to be an inch away from you. And then when you know. Unleash Hell on turn one. But with jump packs, you can still do that. Almost practically nothing has changed. But let's say you're taking Death Company Intercessors, which I'm not endorsing taking Death Company Intercessors. <laughs> but, but you could. Well, okay, I think there's just other things. You're talking about com- in that yeah. very clogged elite slot. There are different, mm-hmm. there are better choices for you, in my opinion. But say you were taking Death Company Intercessors, you could move them up to an objective or closer to an objective on turn one, which is very powerful. Agreed, and I still think this this retains all the potency it used to have. I, I, in fact, I don't think this has changed much. It's only gotten better. Um, and this isn't once per game. Yeah, first battle round. Oh, yeah, it is. It's for, for, at the start of the first battle round. So you can you only count, get, it's not a, you yeah, only get one of those. Yours is next, mate. Uh, Palm wings of fire. This is another oh, yeah. big change. It's a big change here. So this big is change. you know this is. Um, this is one of those. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and call it. it was a feel bad experience. You know, we try mm. to uh, in, in any um, cooperative game, and I'm, I'm not trying to go off on a tangent. And I know, you know, but in any cooperative game, I actually try to avoid those feel bad z type things. Mm. Uh, to where, and and the, and the Wings of Fire potentially created some of those things just by nature of them not really fully comprehending how it worked. But mm. now it's different. Yep. So. No worries. Back to a complete 0% feel bad. (laughs) Use this stratagem in your movement phase. Select one Blood Angel core jump pack unit from your army and remove it from the battlefield. In the reinforcement step of your next movement phase, set up that unit anywhere on the battlefield that is more than nine inches away from any enemy models. If if the battle ends uh, and that unit is not on the battlefield, it is destroyed. So what's changed here? Just for those following at home, you might not be aware. Well, you can feel bad yourself if you do this on turn five, I guess. So that I should say not a 0% chance of feel badsy. Uh, but the, the thing that had changed was that you could, you bounced essentially. They would, they would go up mm-hmm. and then come right back down in yeah. the same turn. So you could throw your catapult. You could start on like the back edge of the table and then catapult yourself you know, way deep in enemy lines and then charge them from some unprotected flank or position or something. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're not being able to play with any of their units at that point. They had set up something where, oh, great, I know I'm playing Blood Angels and they're going to get over here and tear me up, but I'm going to get to kill a few of them first. Well, you could yep. remove all that from the equation and just be over there and, and start start the beatdown on turn one. 
Mm. And a bit of a change. So you used to be able to do this on characters left, right, and center, and now it's locked to core. Uh, yeah. So there are there are, yeah there are not many core characters here. I can tell you right now, Dante isn't. I can tell you right now, Sanguinor isn't. Um, there is a lot of <laughs> things you cannot use this on. Uh, whereas it used to be literally anything that had a jump pack, you just pick it up, plop it down. Yeah. So but I, once you this, this is a big change. Once CP, you still, if you're playing Blood Angel, you're still going to do it. Like it's, it's still it's too good not to do. But it's it's far worse than it was. So I think that you, you it's one of those situations to where. Um, let's say you're in like an imbalance to where you, you want to put more in reserve and you, and you can't, you know, mm. because of, you know, the, your ratios, that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, this gives you a little bit extra on that. And so it functions basically the same way. Uh, but this, you, yeah, you're, you're avoiding some, some potentially fun sponge maneuvers with the, with this change. Agreed. All right, on to the next Savage Destruction, which is a great name. One CP. Use a stratagem in the morale phase when a morale test is failed for an enemy unit that is within engagement range of any flesh terrorist units from your army to the end of the turn. Subtract one from combat, combat attrition tests taken for the enemy unit. So if they, let's say they were below the, the attrition, the half strength, they would fail on a one, two, or a three. So they'd fail 50% of, the, 50% of their rolls on the, the attrition test. That's pretty saucy, and that just gets better and better the, the better their unit is. Beasts of Nurgle, Custodes, Jesus, big unit of Terminators, rough, rough, rough. Yeah, and and often, I mean, you may find that you get over there and there are just a, a couple of models left, you know. Mm. And- oh, sorry, you can't affect Space Marines with this. They don't take any any penalties to their attrition tests, my bad. But, you know, this still stands. Sorry, continue. Well, well, and then the, so the, what is it, the Insane Courage or whatever, that's, that's once per game. It's once per game, man. You can't just throw this around. Uh, so the, you know, being able once they've gotten that out of the way, which hopefully you've you've caused them. Uh, although if you have lots of assault units, hopefully you've caused them to to burn that or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they just, then you get to just start. Uh, yeah, when they only have one or two dudes left, and and you're and they're expecting them to hold on, you're like, you know what, it's gonna be a little bit harder for you. The way I, the way I envision it in my head is like, let's say somebody's got a screen of three or four units of Gretchen, and you run in and you tag the middle of two squads. Well, so you get the the point where two squads converge, and you go ah. Uh, Five attacks here, five attacks there. You kill five guys from each unit, bring them down to five models. They both fail and they lose three more each. And you're like, cool. I killed, I killed eleven guys. Sorry, no, I killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I killed a bunch more, bunch more. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> with, uh, with, right. with two of your guys. Yeah, that was with uh, two dudes. Yeah. yeah. Um, last one. Tell us the story. Okay, th- this I, I love this. So chalice overflowing. It's a war gear stratagem. Uh, use this stratagem in your command phase. Select one secondary priest model from your army. That model can use its blood chalice ability one additional time this phase. So the blood chalice ability allows you to uh, a unit to act as if they were in the assault doctrine. It is phenomenal. So you, you can already, you already just do this, don't you? So this is what sanguinary priests do on top of being a, a regular um, apothecary, right? Uh, yes, and that's their their special. Blood Angel ability in this, this allowing you to do it for another unit, uh, 100% mm. increase of its efficiency. You know, that's uh, one way of looking at it. Uh, and then when you when you pair this with a Blood Angel, I'm sorry, a Space Marine stratagem that allows a unit to act as if it had all the doctrines. Yes. I mean, you're, you can, yeah. For all intents and purposes, you can be an Assault Doctor in turn one, can't you? Yeah. For, for yeah. So when we get to the Army List talk, I, I've crafted something that allows you to put three things into frenzy on turn mm. one and your opponent won't want any part of that that stuff is terrifying or turn two whenever you get there it's going to make it mm. even better 
so to just to just to talk briefly like about the the stratagem section i guess as a whole it used to be that blood angels had one of the best sets of stratagems of any faction in the game and that was true immediately upon them getting their codex in eighth edition for the entirety of eighth edition they had one of the best like selections of, of well the most apt the most the most well adapted to what they did and what you wanted them to do that everything fitted like a glove you could you could just you just had a strategy to slap down and say oh, oh cool i need to kill better in this way this turn bang got a strat for it um now it's a lot more restrictive isn't it well so if i were to, to rate this you know is it's this is somewhere in between the eighth edition codex and psychic mm. awakening yeah so perfect and i think if, if psychic awakening is 10 and the regular codex was a five or a six this is squarely in like the seven or eight range yeah. for yep. flexibility and and um yeah I, I dig it so this is this this things are toned down but i don't think mm-hmm. it's they're they're not unusable they are uh they're not wallpaper like a, a lot of times you're reading a stratagem and you're like man okay that's great but i'm never ever using that like who on yeah. earth is using <laughs> no one's using that you know, and and that's not the case. Like there's, you can, mm. they're still all very playable, and that 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 in itself, it feels like the 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 codex is open to you, mm. where you're so, not you're not nailed down to one linear path of combat yeah. or sort of command point spend. So absolutely, there's still dynamic options within the stratagem subset. There's still dynamic options. There's still redeploy options. There's still uh, just straight line pumping power into a unit options. But yeah, they're not. It doesn't seem to have the combo, the build up, the layers of combos you could you could get to, to really reach the stars um, with certain units. But well, jumping over, it's this not is, just it's not just easy. It's not easy. You can still do it. And when it goes off, hmm. when you line them up, there's a little bit of a of a strategy to it like you actually have to play your way well, into creating these scenarios and that's not a bad thing exactly and you have to build more synergy into your list rather than just pumping the c whatever whatever x amount of cp was to get the job done which is what they what, what, they, what they were before yeah um, fair would, yeah it, like you have to make use of psychic powers litanies uh buffing auras and and stratagems um and then, and then you get back to where you were. Uh, but over to successor chapters, I don't, really don't have much to talk about to successor chapters. I was, if, if you if you don't either, we can pretty much gloss over it. I mean, it is pretty um, much the same as, as any successor of any other chapter. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I think that the the Blood Angels with the Flesh Terrors, like there are some. If you're looking for uh, specific like things support from the Codex, you're going to pick Flesh Terrors. Mm, yeah, uh, but you know, other than that, you're right. It's just as you were as you were uh so jumping over to the wall of trades then so the first one here is speed of the primarch so at the start of the fight phase if this warlord is the engagement range of any enemy units it can fight first cool cut and dry good solid yeah this so we, when we had the you know the the brief index for ninth edition that was your the only one you got you know essentially uh, yeah that was it that was all uh and um, it's not bad yeah, it's not bad. Is this a, is this a go to for you, or is this a on your second fiddle smashy you're going to throw into somebody's face? It's not the go to. I think that there's uh, there's there's better ones, mm. uh, but this is if you are looking for something out of the space or Blood Angel book, it is a good one because you want to be killing things, you want to be beating things with your combat characters, and why not do it first? All right, next one's yours, dude. Artisan of War. This warlord can be given one of the following special issue war gear relics, adamantium mantle, artificer armor, mastercrafted weapon, digital weapons. Uh, so that's it. That's where the, it stops. But this is an ad- addition to any other relics 
they may have, and each relic in your army must be unique. So you can technically triple up on a dude, can't you? Because you can take the one free relic, you can spend a strat to give him a second relic, and then you can take the warlord trade to give him a, to give him a special issue, right? Yes. And a lot of options. There's a lot of layers you can put on, on the dude. <laughs> but well, so, we, you know, the special issue war gear, you know, going back to the adamantine mantle, you know, that, that makes you even beefier without, I mean, with, without, without a war gear investment, yeah. without a point investment. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, sometimes that matters when you're looking at overall efficiency. Yeah, 100%. Uh, next one is Soul Warden. This is an aura. Well, a friendly Blood Angels unit is within six of this Warlord each time, and a model in that unit would lose a wound as a result of a mortal wound. Roll a d6 on a 5 plus, wound is not lost. I think that's a it's a bit of a meta call if you're going to take that. I think it's pretty pretty damn useful, though. If you if you are in a meta of, you know, Grey Knight heavy, Demon heavy, um, even Admech heavy in some cases, um, can pump out a lot of mortal wounds, this guy can really hold your, hold your line together. Uh, so yes, and, and the fact that this is an aura is is better exactly. because so Sanguinary Guard going to them, they have a two plus armor save. They're not going to be losing a lot of wounds on Bolterfire, hopefully. Mm. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> uh, where 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 you're going to get got is those you know you're going to lose some attrition on your expensive models to things like mortal wounds or stuff with high yeah. AP. So if you can yep. layer in uh, something to ignore the mortals or yeah. For, for your whole army, what could be for your whole army. Yeah, exactly. Why not? I, Especially when you use the stratagem that gives you a, an additional Warlord trait, gives you a second Warlord mm-hmm. trait, maybe yep. you, this factors into your strategy. Uh, I, I 100% agree. It and, would not um, be my first one, though. I would not pick this as my first one. No, no, no. This would be an opportunistic. If you were going into a... Um, if you're going into a, a, a meta or to a, 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 a GT or something where you, you thought, oh, wow, I've got a crazy, crazy good demon player in this meta, this is going to be this is going to be clutch. Or um, your buddy like just it. brings over his thousand sons every day or every week. <laughs> you're like, you know what? I yeah. got him this time. I got him. It's my, it's my time to shine. But uh, I like that it doesn't affect the core. It doesn't affect the core. It doesn't affect character. It affects anything. So where I love this is like, because you've got a one CP strat to give a five plus inbound, a five plus familiar pain to a vehicle that gets hit by mortal wounds. You can essentially double down put like two impulses out front of your army and you got like essentially a functional like 30 wound smite blocker between the two of them um but onto the next one this is heroic bearing uh add three inches to the range of this warlord's rights of battle tactical precision chapter master and spiritual leaders abilities to a maximum of nine uh this warlord has the following ability heroic bearing while a friendly Blood Angels core unit is in one of this warlord add one to the leadership characteristics of models in that unit look the first part's good the second part's pretty meh <laughs> it's not it's not awful, but it's you know, it's all right. Uh I mean if you put this on uh if you put this on a uh a chaplain who's already leadership nine, he'd be giving out uh leadership ten because they'd he'd get they'd get his leadership nine and then they get plus one to it. So I think that's how that works. It might be might be different now in this edition with all the, the plus and the minus and the thing and then and then and then carry the two and then if it's if it's springtime, <laughs> cut the average in half. And and yeah, <laughs> and all decimals must be rounded down. No, um, so yeah, what do you think about this? I'm I'm iffy on it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Doesn't set me on fire. So for a brief period of time, I thought this is going to increase my litany range. Nah. So mm. it's going in. Yeah, uh, but it, but yep. it doesn't, and so it's not. <laughs> That's right. Moving on. You want to go to the next? <laughs> <laughs> uh, gift of foresight. Uh, in each turn, you can reroll one hit roll, wound roll, and one saving throw made for this warlord. Oof. That's not too shabby. 
not, not bad. Again, it wouldn't it wouldn't be my go to. It wouldn't be my first one. That's uh, your smash captain, though. Like I said, there's there is a dude that you're gonna just tool up and throw away still. Like because you can you can take a death company captain and a regular captain. You are just gonna. You, I feel like you're gonna take if you if you're gonna take two captains, one of them is to just smash face, and that right. that's that's this dude. Number one, always roll sixes, and you don't have any problems. That's true. It's true. Yeah, don't don't plan to fail, and you don't need this at all, do you? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but if on, on that guy, I'm going to take speed of the Primarch. Uh, most of likely. course, yeah. And, and so, he's, he's, yeah. But and I'm not trying to overhype the second, you know, double up warlord trait strat- strategy. I'm not. But you know, look, we play a game where you're going to be starting with 12 CP and you got nothing else to spend them on pre-game. And you have to get like as an assault player. If you're building an assault, uh, you know, we'll get to my overall feeling on the book. But if you're playing assault, you got to get work done mm. all the time. You know, yeah, and and so you want to be fighting first. You want to be buffing up your characters yep. that get that work done for you. And so taking a secondary roller trait on some of them might might be the right thing for you. And this is one of those that I would take as my bonus warlord trait when you said speed of the raven it's immediately in my head i'm like oh wow so this is how you contend with those dudes you have those blocks of death guard that are covered by a foul blight spawn people's judicious things like that although i think those they counteract this don't they they just say you're not eligible uh what what are you talking about so the judicial one it's and and the the foul blight spawn it says you're not eligible to be chosen to fight so that would that would totally that would supersede the speed of the Primark, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. I have to mm. look, see how that wording plays out. But, you know, so, hey, don't don't charge him into that guy. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, we're going to the last one. This is Selfless Valor. Uh, this wall is eligible for my heroic intervention. It's within six inches of an enemy unit. And when you're performing a heroic intervention, you can move up to six. All other um, things apply. I like that a lot. Because yeah. there, are, there are times, I like this in conjunction with the, the other one we had, the one for the Sangard. Um, intervention because there are times where someone will be like okay he's dropped his sangard he's connected and i'm going to counter attack and then you're like ah you thought you had me and now i'm going to intervene into you and we're going to change change the metrics of this again well so, so some armies get this as like their their ability you know that, that that's their whole shtick and yep. um and and some folks uh pay strategy cps for it uh, this gives you the ability to give something that we that we know is powerful that other people pay a premium for for essentially exactly. free because it's your warlord trait and yeah, yeah exactly. maybe, maybe it's worth it. Mm. Um, so unlike a lot of other books, this has three warlord traits in here specifically for flesh terrors, and yeah. I freaking love that. Yeah, Do I like crimson one? fist. You know, they they got their yep. little yep. bonus stuff. So flesh merciless butcher. Each time this warlord is selected to fight, make one additional attack with one of its melee weapons for every five enemy models within three inches of it to a maximum of three additional attacks. And he, if he just so happens to be Death Company and pops his Death Vision, he's going to get two attacks for every five guys within <laughs> that inches. That's... Oh, ow! Merciless yeah, this, this is when indeed. three inches, you know, so, you know, they got to be swarming him, but... Mm-hmm. It is. True. He, he's going to dig his way out. Uh, absolutely right. And how how death terror is like specific. Uh, next one is that, that, that is also that is Gabriel Seth's warlord trait, like his bespoke warlord trait. Because of course, <laughs> it's Seth. Uh, what's uh, does, do you have a nickname for for Gabriel Seth? Because I call him either the Neutral Bullet or the Beyblade because he just keeps on spinning <laughs> and he, he can blend anything. I, I I do not have a nickname for him. Well, you do now. Okay. <laughs> uh, next one's of wrath and rage. I don't rage. know how he would feel about that. Maybe, maybe oh, he'd, be, he'd, he'd high five me and my arm would fall off, but I'd be happy. 
Yeah. Um, each time this warlord may immediately attack and a modified hit roll of six scores one additional hit. Yeah. So, yeah, look, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. not, this is one of those to where if it's a stratagem, um, and it is, I think, but <laughs> <laughs> if it's a stratagem, I, I, would, I would spend it. I would do it, uh, but I'm not going to put this as my warlord trait. Yeah, so opportunistically, at best, this is going to give you one more attack. That's your yeah, is going to give you one more attack. Not, not and, worth and, it for your for, for your only free option. Yeah, if you build him up enough, maybe it gets you two. Like maybe you're, you're crossing the ten, the ten, the ten attack threshold because you gave Seth and you've got all this other stuff. Or if you're following the motto of just always roll sixes, you're going to get a bunch of extra attacks. Exactly right. If you are if you are the TPM himself, you're just like, well, don't plan to fail. This thing's amazing. Yeah. I'm just going to get six extra attacks every time I fl- every time I fight. Um, but this this last one is uh, Cretian Born. Is that how you spell it? Cre- uh, Cretation. Cretation Born. Um, each time this warlord declares a charge, enemy units uh, that were targeted by that charge cannot fire Overwatch or set to defend. And you can re-roll charge rolls made for this warlord. I like this one quite a bit. Um, I would like to get uh, just a little bit of notice that being from the southern part of the United States that I gave this, I think, the appropriate amount of vowels when I pronounced that. And did not add too many extras. <laughs> Everybody should be impressed. To me, it sounded okay. I don't know how it came across. To I was said whatever I said, man. I, whatever I said was trash. <laughs> um, how do you feel about Cretian? 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 Close enough. Uh, so denying Overwatch is uh, harder to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and rerolling charge is harder to get. So great. I would well, take this over each of the other two. Where I really like this, I don't know how this interacts with the protocol that Necrons have. That means they always are set to defend. Um, like they have a protocol that says, okay, no matter what we are, if you charge us, we're always set to defend, even in the open. Um, I don't know how that interacts with this, but if this is this is something that turns that off, I think it's quite good. I think it's very, it's a lot stronger than it looks on paper because Necrons are one of the best armies in the game with it right now. And if you want to charge twenty Gorse Reaper warriors with a character. They will overwatch him, and they're going to most likely like punt him across the board. If this turns that that off, that makes it good. Seems seems like that's the intent. And again, mm-hmm. I think this is they get two. Uh, this is two premium things in one thing, and mm-hmm. those premium things are harder to get than they have been in the past for Blood Angels. And so take it. So uh, encompassing just the Blood Angel side of this, what's the, what's your what are your go tos? Just Blood Angels. I, I think I think Speed of the Primarch is good. And I think you can I, make an argument for uh, for Horic Bearing, depending on how you set up your non-Death Company. Mm. Or maybe could even be your Death Company guy, depending on how the rest of your army is. Yeah, I mean, if you use that on a a Chapter Master captain, the, the Horic Bearing does get a lot of mileage. Um, and on top of that, I do like I do really rate Speed of the Primarch. I also quite rate Artisan of War. I like Artisan of War quite a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. So the fact it gives you an extra thing is uh, extra of decent things is, yes. is good yeah um of the flesh terrors i just love the first one most of the butcher eat your heart out but okay. i think i think i think the last one is the best of the three right if you just named the bottom one merciless butcher you'd probably like it better <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh, you've known me too long uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right next up we have the sanguinary discipline and after this we're going to take a bit of a an ad break but uh sang discipline it, I, I think all the names of the literally all the names of the powers are exactly the same as they were last edition but let's see what's changed so the first one quickening blessing quickening has a walk charge value of six um if manifest until start of your next psychic phase, you can re-roll advance and charge rolls made for this psyker. Add a D3 to this psyker's attacks characteristic. I believe, is that 
the same as it was? I have to do a brief correction, okay. if you don't mind. You can reroll advance and charge rolls for Mephiston. <laughs> Add D3 to Mephiston's <laughs> attack characteristic. Uh, I would like to say Mephiston slash Librarian Dreadnought. <laughs> um, add D3 attack to Mephiston or Librarian Dreadnought's attack characteristics. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I think the Libby Dread's going to hold up when we get to it. But dude, yeah, Mephi, he's such a baller with this, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is one of his go-tos. So hmm. um, it's a great power. It's it's a it's a selfish power, though. You know? Um, yeah, yeah. It's it, like it, I, it only well, it affects. It's a blessing for for the psyker himself. And there are powers in here that you can take to. To put on other units, which you know, depending on the size and how you know that unit is, you can um, magnify, you know, du- you know, double up the power. Uh, there was a word I was searching for, but I forgot what it was. Anyway, you get to make those powers way better uh, than mm. than uh, than if you were just casting on one individual. So if you're going to take a, ca- a power that's for an individual, make sure that individual is an absolute baller, and this is great. Yep. Next one's yours. Uh, Unleash rage. Unleash Rage has a warp charge value of 6. If manifested, select one friendly Blood Angel core unit within 12 inches of this Psyker. Until the start of your next Psychic phase, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, an unmodified hit roll of 6 scores one additional hit. Maybe this is what I was thinking about. Maybe it wasn't strategy. It's, it's, I was thinking about this. Mm, this uh, is a downgrade, though, because uh, didn't this used to just be plus, plus one attack? Uh, plus one attack? Yeah. 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 Uh, so so it, I don't know that this is a downgrade when you are rolling lots of dice. Mm, that's true. That's fair. Uh, well, you'd, be, you'd just be rolling lots more dice in, in, age, in an age gone past, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. So, so if you had 10 dudes, you'd be rolling 10 extra dice that yeah. may or may not hit. Uh, so this is your, when you're rolling. So you're rolling in with, um, let, let's, let's say it's Death Company. Death Company, uh, the, the, fly, the fly Death Company boys, get something like, I don't know, seven attacks or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what is it? Uh, two so, attacks, uh, unleash rage. I'm sorry, not unleash rage. Uh, a shock assault. Shock assault. Yeah, um, yeah. Plus plus one attack for being death company. Plus one for the chainsaw. So sitting at five. So in the, the likelihood is that each death company get an additional hit anyway, which equates to an additional attack. Uh, yeah, but but, but the, with the potential for more though. So because if mm. if one of those guys happens to roll two sixes, then. Yep. Oh, and of course, you could be an assault doctor, so there's your sixth attack. So in all likelihood, this is as good as plus one attack. You're right. But the issue is, yeah, like you said, this is an auto hit in addition. You don't have to roll any more dice. Yeah, you don't got to um, roll anything. Mm. So on guys who already had a crap load of attacks, this is as good or possibly even better than it was. On guys with less attacks, like where, where, this, this is where I, where I thought it, was, it got worse, was like you had your, your intercessor with a fist. It's worse but, on him. Look, you know? if, if, you're, if you are casting this on them, then I'm going to argue that something else has gone wrong for you. <laughs> well, the thing is, was the old version of this was better on them. You had, you had oh, five yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair, were, fair point. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. It's better on the... This, this, this holds up and is exactly the same or possibly better on guys you already have a fun bucket of, of dice that they're throwing. The yeah, less dice I, you throw, the worse this gets. And I can't remember if this was one of those that was like a seven to cast or something. Or, uh, they're all sixes now, but I can't yeah. remember if that was a little bit higher to cast. But this is... Um, I, I think this is... I like my my brain is trying to compute the math right now, and but I think it's better. No, fair. Yeah, if you say it's better, I my say gut, it's, my uh, instinctual uh, math is telling me it's better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Shield of Sanguinis is up next. Uh, what's the value of six? I think yeah, you just said they're all six, aren't they? They are all six. Yeah. Um, 
as a warped unit. Yep. If manifest, select one friendly Blood Angels unit within 18 of this cycle until the start of your next psychic phase. Models in that unit have a 5 plus invuln save. Um, I love this. I love it. I, I like this a hell of a lot. Uh, yeah, I do too. And again, it, it you you get exponential. That's what I was mm-hmm. trying to think of. I think that's the word. That's the to word. Uh, before, uh, depending on the size of the unit. But if you're taking that Libby Dread, you cast it on yourself. Yeah, exactly right. Well, I just like it on the Death Company. Again, you take a big unit of Death Company, you turn it one CP for the five plus feel no pain, shield, shield of Sanguinius, five up, five up, two wounds each. Those boys are going ham and they're going to be so hard to, to get rid of now. Yeah, 10 man squads, though. It's not the same. That's true. It's not Foreshadowing. Same. Oh. All right, moving on. Blood Boil. Which fire? Watch value of six. Select one enemy unit that is within 18 of and visible to the Psyker and roll 2d6. If the total is more than the highest toughness characteristic of models in that unit, such as D3 mortal wounds. If the total is more than double the highest characteristic, toughness characteristic of models in that unit, it suffers three mortal wounds. This used to be my third power on Mephi all the time. Um, yep. I take You take wings, you take quicken, and you take blood boil. Um, I still think it's good because it automatically comes with smite anyway. So the times when smite is better than blood boil, you just smite. Um, but there are times when Blood Boil is, is just hands down better, right? Toughness well, three, Blood Boil is better. I've taken Blood Boil in the past because even though he has a plasma pistol, it's like it's only so good, you know, and, mm. and you need a little bit of extra punch. Or um, he's one of those characters that has the potential to threaten several different things every round like in, yeah. and compete in every phase. Uh, like, it's, yeah, exactly. that's, right. he, he can, can you, you know, I say that if you can't compete in one phase of the game, you have to be stronger double twice as strong in one of the others that you can Mephiston can yep. compete in every phase and having exactly just that right. little bit extra punch uh, outside of a smite outside of his plasma pistol outside of you know because once he's already there you don't need wings anymore mm. uh, yes, and, he, and he's probably going to kill um, now look I'll take it on Mephiston quickening but you don't he doesn't really need it yeah not uh, all the time yeah all the time unless you're going into something Unless you're, he's off there fighting something that you don't want to deal with with the rest of your army. Yeah, he's, uh, he's his problem solver. Yeah, he really is. But but the blood bowl is gives him, it allows him to shift a little bit of a gear. And you're right. It, it <laughs> did, has you like, did you like how we just didn't we just talked about it as if it was Mephiston? We didn't even mention any other psycho. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> blood Bloodlance is yours. Take well, it away. You know, we, you know, we'll talk about this later on. But you know, with um the. If you're going to invest in a character, a librarian in your army, why not make it the best one? That's true. Yeah, I can't disagree with that, man. Like, yeah, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, so Bloodlance is next. This is a this is another decent one. So Bloodlance has a warp charge value of six and manifests it's like one enemy model that it was within 18 inches invisible of the Psyker. Draw the shortest possible line between the Psyker base and the selected enemy model model's base or hull. Then roll a D6 for each model. Uh, the center of the line passes over on a five plus that model's unit suffers one mortal wound. Mm, I, well, I think you said this is an okay one. I think it's the worst one. No, it, no, it is. Uh, but it goes back to, you know, how good is, is Lantern from Martarion? It's just okay. But mm. sometimes. Yeah, it's fair. I just, yeah. I just can't see it. There's so much stronger stuff in here. I can't see you ever taking Bloodlands. No. No, um, no, you know, no. Th- so the only, I'm trying to think of a situation when you might take it. Well, it, like if it, there was, there's so much wrong with this. So if I'm casting a warp charge value six, and I'm drawing a straight line from one point to another, 18 inches in length. I want everything that it goes over to take a one mortal wound, or on a two plus, take one mortal wound, not a freaking five plus. I'll I'll, I'll like, save it. I've got some ideas on maybe why you when you would, but it's fringe, and I'll save it for the back half of the show. <laughs> 
No, fair. All right, Wings of Sanguinius, last one. Uh, this has watch a value of six, as we've stated. If manifested, this Psyker can make a normal move or fullback move as if it was your movement phase. In addition to the end of the phase, uh, this Psyker has a move characteristic of 12 and has the fly keyword. So that is exactly the same as it was, isn't it? It is. And, you know, what's, what is often maybe not appreciated about this is that, you know, you cast this in the psychic phase. Uh, and so after you've already moved. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so you, essentially it's, it's warp time plus. I, I don't know that uh, the fallback was part of it. Oh, yeah, maybe that's originally. right. Maybe it just said you, you may move and it will left I, I, I may be it wrong. Was I mean, it was 8th it was edition. Everything was ambiguous. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't quite remember if, um, because I don't fall back very often, especially when, when if manifested and fist on can make a normal move. TPM does not fall back. What is this, man? So I, I can't, you know, I can't remember if that was part of it before, but, but, but in a situation to where, let's say your librarian dreadnought that you, that you were talking about is in a, is up there in the thick of it and he's about to get waxed and you don't want yeah. that to be the case. You can now fly out of it. He can't be, it's way harder to get him locked in combat now. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, someone's wrapped him, and someone's like, uh, yep, yeah, I'm going to wrap you, tie you down. If you've got one wound left, you were lucky to survive on one wound, but I'll get you next turn for sure. And you're like, nah, bro. Yeah, sorry, I'm scooting. <laughs> yeah, scooting on a self, six. Uh, activate self-catapult. Boing. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's the psychic power. I feel like their psychic tree is still really strong, man. I mean, there is, there is two that are admittedly just self-buffing psychic powers, but both those self, uh, self-buffing psychic powers are as strong as they've been for the last, like, five years. They're still very relevant, still very good. Yep. Um, as for the, I, I do, I really love Shield of Sanguinius. I think Shield of Sanguinius is actually phenomenal because despite, unless you're taking Vanguard vets, none of your alpha smashy smashy units outside characters are going to have an invuln as as base. So I feel like that one just gets pretty invaluable. So with um, so Sanguinary Guard with a with a two plus armor save, uh, maybe I'll save it. But like you got to hit him with something super healthy before you yeah, that's ever going to yeah. come in. That's true. Uh, as, well, what, what I was thinking about was just like, uh, Inceptors in in um, Tactical Doctrine get to get to rend four. And you're like, shit, I'm sanguine, brother. Back yeah. to the give me my five plus back. Um, yep. But anyway, onto the relics. Uh, do you want to chug? Do you want to break or do you want to chug through? Uh, it's up to you, man. No, we're just oh. chug through. Stuff it. We're on a good roll. Uh, first it. of the relics, Wrath of Baal, uh, sanguine ancient only. Uh, the bear gains the following ability: Wrath of Baal aura. While a friendly Blood Angels jump pack unit is within six of this model, each time that unit is selected to make a normal move, advance, or fall back, add two to the move char- model's move characteristic until the end of the turn. I so end of the phase. Um, I think this is very, very, very good. I, I think no, this is movement very, is very good. Is where you're going to win and lose games, and yep. so getting extra of the of the most powerful ability on any data sheet ever uh, is good. Doesn't say jump pack core. It doesn't say anything. So this is on your jump pack characters as well. Mwah, love it i think this is uh this is the bordering auto take for me yeah uh next one's yours dude icon of the angel the bear gains the following ability icon of the angel while a friendly blood angel unit is within six inches of this model you can re-roll charge rolls f- made for that unit so this is what Mwah. i take all the time. <laughs> this is like the we just went from one auto take to the next auto take uh yeah <laughs> like oh, cool this is a this is the blood angels enabler like you want to charge you don't want to never yeah. not be charged so it's, I mean, again, on my, on my first list, now look, lists are an iterative thing, you know, but on my, on my first list, this was basically written in pen. Icon yeah. of the Everything else was in pencil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Visions of death is the next. So each time a melee attack is made against this unit, extract one from the attack hit roll. 
The bear gains the following ability, Visions of Death Aura. So the first three of these are auras, which is really nice. When an enemy unit is within three of this model, it loses the objective secured ability and any similar abilities that allow it to control an objective marker, regardless of the number of enemy models within range of that objective marker. So there's some, there's some ifs and buts here. Does that mean that they don't count being on the objective at all, or they mean that they just count as a non-obsec unit? I think they just count as non-obsec. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think... Yeah, there's been a lot of ambiguity with the last. So, so Black, it's, it's hilarious that they have this, and Black Legion have a, something similar because they have the the story of Worlds one where it just turns off obsec for the opponent's entire army. It's three CP, so you pay for the privilege. But um, there are arguments there that it turns off all ability to hold objectives. Um, and GDAP has been re- reluctant to FAQ that. Um, but I'm of the opinion this one is worded to say that you just lose obsec and any abilities that would let you control regardless yeah. of numbers so, yeah, yeah, so I if you had a strat kind of- in a future release or something that you could pop and that gave mm-hmm. you back objective security or something this is this pretty much rubs that off yeah. yeah i like that a lot i think that's i think that's very potent uh yeah but this is one of those that i would take as a, as a bonus relic I, I you know i wouldn't i don't think i'd have this be my primary yeah yeah it's uh, it's although- not a so, so the 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 minus subtract one for the attack rolls that is that is basically good if it just stopped at that like you could do that and it'd still it'd still be takeable. Yeah, minus one to hit. Which, yeah, it would still it would still be viable at minus just minus one to hit, and you just got to be a bit of a cherry on top. Um, but, but I plan on fighting first all the time, and so <laughs> that's right. And killing you Irrelevant. before you even get to swing. It doesn't obsec won't matter because you'll be dead. You have no yeah. You have no bodies left. So <laughs> the, you're next. <laughs> the hammer of ball uh, models equipped with a thunder hammer. Only the relic replaces the thunder hammer that has the following profile. Uh, neg three AP damage three, no neg one to hit. Strength times mm, two, um, of course. So a, a better, so better AP because we know every other thunder hammer is down to AP two now in the new edition, um, and no minus one to hit. I don't mind it, man, because you know there's a way to ways to master craft this up to up to four damage, like we did from in ages gone by. And I would say four damage is the new three. And if you can't get three, da- if you can't get like mass two damage, four damage is better than three. Um, I think four damage is. Sorry, four ba- Yeah, yeah. Four damage is the sweet spot at the moment, just because there's, there's so many. Four damage is there's... definitely better than three damage. <laughs> right. Way, way to go way. out on, a, on an island there with that. That's we'll, we'll, end, we'll, end, we'll end the episode there. That's the thumbnail. Adam says four damage is better than three. Bang, finished. But uh, what I was saying is there's so many. Um, firstly, there are so many three wound models, and there are so many three wound models that have a six up or a five plus feel no pain, and the damage four just becomes that mwah, sweet little bit that tips over the the maths into you getting consistent kills again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're killing knights almost like by accident. <laughs> you're just paddling them. Sorry, mm-hmm. mate. Oh, you you cost you cost uh, six hundred points. Oh, hundred and forty here, mate. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next is yours again, dude. So the uh, Galean staff. Models equipped with four staves only. The bearer gains the following ability, Galean Staff. Each time this model takes a psychic test to manifest a psychic power from the Sanguinary Discipline, add one to that psychic test. The relic replaces the four stave and has the following profile, plus three strength, neg two AP, D3 damage. So is that just is that only one better rend than a regular four stave? Or are there four staves plus two strength or plus three? I can't remember. I think the stave is... I think it's plus three... I mean, we could look it up. We don't actually have to guess, but uh, I, don't, I don't know that you're taking it just for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, you know, you gotta look at everything through the Bold Angel lens. You know, I got my Doctrines, I got my Savage Echoes, you know, everything's <laughs> better. Everything's better. So uh, the fact that you actually get to, you're already casting most things on a six or, like, yep. you know, now you're casting on a five. And and look, you, makes, you have, uh, you, you, you add a chief librarian and, 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that, I mean, that's, you know, again, so, did you, so just many things, you, you can go chief. Yeah. Well, there's so many things I want to talk about, like building the list like this. There's, I, I judge mm. codexes, uh, not just on the strength of the one list that you can build. You can almost always find one highly competitive list in every codex. Like I, I don't even know, like even the dirges of, uh, of the bygone codexes, you could always find one thing that wins. But yeah, good yeah. codexes have multiple things, and Blood Angels are definitely right there. I think so. And this um, this plays so, into some of those that depth of of, of bench. Well, you, dude, like I said before, you t- you take Chief Apothecary, Chief Chief Librarian, and you take the plus one to cast, and you got plus two from this dude casting every power in the Sangre Discipline on a four. That's good. Like you know, that it might not be the best thing. It might not be better than taking Meph or a, a Libby Dread because Libby Dread can't take this. Doesn't have a staff, but it's pretty saucy, dude. When well, you just want uh, just building that reliability, like you said. Yeah, it's, it's like the the sound on the hyperdrive when you try to cast your enabler power and you get the boom 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 boom. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so you know, on turn one, you're trying to set all this this crap up, you know, and and if you're if you're relying on one guy to be your buffer. That you know, who's already out of he's you have everything going for you. You're out mm-hmm. of de, a psychic hood range of anybody, out of deny the witch range of anybody, and then you just you know spork it. You know, this adds you, you a little bit of reliability in there to get to get it. some of those. Like you've been talking about all these powers that buff these units or whatever. If you fail that on turn one, you're just gonna you're gonna feel like somebody just kicked you in the stomach. This yeah, fair. this helps. Um, all right, so we have two flesh terrors relics here, which again I love. First one is called the Crimson Plate. Uh, Terminator flesh terror is Terminator model only. Add one to the bearer's move characteristic, so get them back to their move six. Uh, the bearer is eligible to charge in which it, in a turn in which it advanced, which is sick, and the bearer can move up to four when making pylons and consolidates. Look, I don't know how great any of the Terminator characters are at the moment for any of the Space Marine guys, but this does make it a bit more appealing. So with, you know, talking about depth of bench on, on the army list and that kind of stuff. So this is, this is where the lore kind of uh, holds us back a bit. And I, that re- is rarely the case because, but Amit, Terminator armor, first- dual chain fist or whatever. I, you know, oh, I, I, I he think, was the first, first chapter master of the Flesh Terrors, yeah? Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and, and one of the, the only, like the people that's like an, an impressive character. Just mm. incredibly impressive. Uh, it goes all the way back to the horse heresy type stuff. Just well, if to, you want to, if you want to rebuild that guy now, you can. You can. You can build yeah. him on the table. You can't get the two chain fists, but you can take one. I mean, the second chain fist wouldn't get you anything. So model him with two. By all means. But, it, but he's a term. He's in Terminator armor, which is like, oh my goodness, can we not just get some artificer yeah. armor up in here? Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, or, you know, singing regard that kind of stuff. But but um, in. We'll talk in the armor. Like my first list is it's layers. It's layers of things, and and mm. part of the concept is you need support for that second layer. You know, we're already talking about you know being all up in your opponent's deployment zone with that secondary objective, and so you need yeah. to consistently get all the points. You're probably going to need layers of stuff, and so if you have mm. some assault intercessors rolling up with this guy, you know, buffing them, you know, with his auras and stuff along the way. You know, on turn three, turn two, turn three, he's really getting a lot, get a lot of mileage out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last one for flesh shares is called the Severer. 
Um, uh, it's a uh, replaces a, a stylish chainsword, so it's quite cheap. Um, strength plus two, minus two, two damage. That's the same profile as Teeth of Terror, I believe. Maybe Teeth of Terror is plus one strength, I can't remember. But each time an attack is made with this weapon on a modified rune roll of five plus, it suffers one mortal wound in addition to any normal damage. Look, I don't mind it. If you're going to take flirt, if you're going to take two cheap smashy characters, or if you're just looking for a way to you got a couple of lieutenants and want to make them more relevant, one takes Teeth of Terror, one takes this. All of a sudden, they're both badasses. Well, what we talked about, you know, going cheap on your your lords before mm, uh, yeah and, yep. and and this is i mean this replaces <laughs> a stardy's chainsaw chainsaw i know so, so it replaces the free thing with an amazing mm. thing exactly uh but yeah that's it for the that's it for the the relics i feel like the first two uh the two best ones with uh the third one visions of death being the uh the x factor if you shouldn't should you want to take it um but uh, sorry, apologies. When I said before, you could mastercraft hammer of Baal. You can't get to four damage on a relic. You can't mastercraft a relic, but just a regular thunder hammer. So much the better. Um, I just remembered that then. So yeah, wrath of Baal being the um, the plus two move advance and fallback. The uh, reroll charges like aura and the um, yeah the visions of death. I turn off obsec and the the minus one to hit. Of those three, you think icons the 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 money icon and the Murph. I can't. That's right. I think Wrath of Bali is the second, and Vision of Death is the third best uh, of those. Uh, onto the special issue war gear. They're, they're mostly as we can encapsulate pretty quickly. Adamantite mantle, artificer armor, mastercraft weapon, digital weapons um, have all been covered to death in other places, um, and everyone pretty knows what much. Knows well, what they're they good. I mean, adamantium mantle is good. It is. It's good. It's quite good. Uh, Save for two plus and five plus invulnerable. It's good, man. Artificer armor is good. I mean, two plus armor is harder to come by now. Hmm. You know, oh, so that so, was out of five. So apologies. Uh, what's that? I, I read out. I, I looked at Adamanta, Adamanta Mantle, and I read out Artificer Armor. Oh, so Adamanta <laughs> Mantle is a five plus. Feel no pain. Uh, and yeah. the Artificer Armor is two plus, five plus, and vulnerable. So mm. I mean, that's it's harder to come by. And I mean, so consider it. Like, don't don't think because this is just in the secondary or tertiary things to mess with that you that you should ignore them. And I think a lot yeah. of people ignore page fifty three. Uh, yes, and they do. There's gems here. Uh, and you know things like like you can almost find something that is borderline broken out of a combination of special issue war gear, especially when you talk about mm. you can put some of the stuff on a sergeant, you know, which is yeah, you yep. know, opens up some options. You want to tell us about the first of these unique ones, the quake bolts? Yeah. So when when you give a model this relic, select one bolt weapon, and that's you know the normal stuff from Space Marine. Uh, the model is equipped with when that model is chosen to shoot with you can choose for that weapon to fire a quake bolt if you do you can only make one attack with that weapon but if the hit is scored the target unit is felled until the end of that turn in addition to any normal damage each time a melee attack is made against a unit that is felled add one to that attacks hit roll not bad especially if you're toting a bunch of uh power fist or thunder hammers around in a unit you can just uh opportunistically go bang plus one to hit for that target that is going into i like it a lot it's one of the better bolt weapons isn't it yeah you know in a world where not everyone is taking a chaplain yeah yep and you you don't you can't get in those re-rolls you don't have a captain or whatever again there's there's lots of ways to build this the blood angel list and mm. you might not have a reliable hitting baked into everything and yeah. all you have to do is have some dude, you know, in the backfield, pop off his 30-inch bolt rifle, and, <laughs> and then each time a melee attack is made against a unit that is felled, this is like old-school uh, jinx. It affects your whole yeah. freaking yeah. army or, or ever, anything that you brought. It's not even only Blood Angel stuff. It is not even only Astarte yeah. yeah. stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, 
each time somebody, I mean, your Ogren could go to ham on somebody mm-hmm. uh, with a felled uh, unit from a Quake Bowl. And I like that you pointed out that it is not locked to Blood Angels only. Uh, moving on to the next one, though, this is Archangel's Shard. It um, replaces a Power Sword or any, any Power Sword variants. Um, strength plus two, minus four, two damage. So it's got plus one strength and plus one AP on a Mastercrafted Power Sword. Each time an attack is made with this weapon, it's allocated to a Chaos unit. That attack has a damage characteristic of three. Each time an attack made with this weapon is allocated to a, a Chaos Monster unit, has a damage characteristic of four. Um, I, if you're playing, if Chaos gets some really good codexes, this is going to get exponentially more powerful. Because you, you can put this on a Blade Guard Sergeant, can't you? Uh, I would like to double down on an AC special here. Is that four is better than three and Bam. two? Oh wow, dude! Just you're gonna have to tell people to calm down. They're or they'll be standing up in their chairs, shaking their fists, <laughs> being like, "He's right. That is better. My God, <laughs> the revelation." Uh, well, a chaos monster goes a long way. I mean, I, I I think demon princes are monsters. Yeah, that's the only one I'm thinking of. Though that's the only relevant monster that we kind of chaos monster that we have in the game. Fairly the certain, Martarion is a monster. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He could come back. I, I may be wrong. He could. Be, I don't think he's Titanic, but I believe he's. I believe he's a monster. No, he's not Titanic, but he's he's okay. he's a monster. Um, this next one. This is interesting. This is flesh render grenades and uh, replaces a frag grenade only. Um, range six grenade D three strength five minus three two damage blast. Each time attack is made with this weapon, the target does not receive the benefits of light cover against the attack. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. So, this is strange. I don't really have a frame of reference for getting a, a grenade upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I think they all have, like all the Marines have some type of grenade, don't they? I don't think so. I haven't, I haven't read one out yet. You don't think so? Well, maybe I, I think could be wrong. Pretty sure, the, pretty sure this is the first time. They've all got a bolt one. They've all got a bolt variant. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's right. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't really get behind taking this one. Yeah, I can't see any reason to take this. If you're, if you're Blood Angels and you're close enough to throw a grenade at them, just kill them when you charge them. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. don't, uh, don't, don't leave it up to chance if this if this if this upgraded the whole unit or something oh it yes. doesn't it does not it no, does it not does, do that but i mean yeah. that's that would be all about that uh, oh, i think oh. yeah i would be too but, uh, but it is it is d3 it's d3 and it's damage mm. two so with with two wounds being a lot more prevalent even on you know like the firstborn marines and that kind of stuff uh you you may get some use out of this, but I, I just don't. I can't see myself wanting to waste a slot myself, on this. Yeah, waste a slot or waste a CP. I can't see a reason to take it. There's so many but, better options. Now, look, I'm talking about efficiency. Like, look, mm. if you're playing where you don't care about efficiency, I mean, I mean, burn all your CPs before the game and give everybody <laughs> everything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, or maybe you've got a sweet model you modeled up years ago that he's, he's got. A, he's got the. He's got the, the pin for the grenade in his teeth, and he's like, "That guy, that guy needs some flesh render grenades." Those ex- I know uh, a lot of people that made the you know the holy hang, hand grenade of Antioch, you know, for, for their Black Templar type stuff or whatever. Just repaint it red, good, and here you go. Good lads, all of them. Do not repaint it red. <laughs> <laughs> um, last one, gleaming uh, pinions. Pinions. Yep, that's it. Pinions. Uh, jump pack metal only. The bear is eligible to charge in turn in which it fell back. You can reroll charges for the bearer. That's good enough to be a regular relic, not a special issue relic. It is. Yeah. So I think this is in special issue because it was pretty much uh, the the thing that got sprinkled in in Psychic Awakening, if I remember right. Yep. Might be right. Uh, and I love it. I love it as well. I think this is the one where you, ha- you have a, a dude who takes a relic, like he takes the Hammer of Baal, and then you want to give him your special issue war gear, you give him the 
fall back and charge, re-roll, re-roll charges. 100%. That's a great combination. Yeah. So that that's this bearer. And so you do, you want to get, you know, you want to get stuck in, you want to get like, or, or, you know, what, let's say you've got your, I think you can do this on a librarian with a jump pack and then you cast your, your fallback out of, out of combat oh, power. Snap. And then you'd be able to fall back in charge because you'd have this. Ah, so you know there's, there's, the there's jank. Th- I love it. Yeah, there's things you can do. Um, but I and then also like I've built a uh, you know, like a Death Star. It's the equivalent of what a Death Star is in the, in this world list is mm-hmm. in, in my mind. It's my, it's my first go of things to where I'm relying around the icon of the angel. Uh, but with the gleaming pinions, you get to do that thing where you you do you set these guys off as almost like you know, heat-seeking missiles. You know, they just mm. go off and do their own thing and not supported by a central figure. Yeah. No, I love it. Sounds exciting. But on on that note, we are going to take a commercial break. We're going to take an ad break here for some people who are doing some marketing through the Frontline Gaming Network, of which we are very privileged to be a part. And so we'll see you on the other side. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges. So you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. And we are back. I'm still Adam. He's still Paul. The Paul. <laughs> what up? Hey, you still hanging in there, brother? We've been slogging along for, I think it was a two, uh, hour and a half so far. I can do this all day. I can, dude, I can do this all day as well. Uh, but we're into, we're into the data sheets. We were going to talk about the detachment of the village. We already talked about it. We already talked about visions and the, the black rage. Everyone knows they get plus one, plus one to charge and plus uh, one to wound on the, the charge. But the first of these data sheets is the old man of the desert himself, Commander Dante, the oldest, the oldest boy in 40K. Well, Space Marines. Um, and one of the oldest freaking models. Is this guy a third edition model? Second edition model? He is a second edition model. Good God. Good uh, God. Okay, let me let me say, I believe him to be a second edition model. Uh, I'm trying to think well, of when I... Because I remember painting him shortly after it came out in metal. I remember a, a big story point or a campaign coming out of him versus Gaz at the first... It was the first Armageddon. It was the second Armageddon. Second Armageddon. Second Armageddon. Uh, I remember that being it was either second or third edition because that was when I first like put, stuck my head in a G dub and my eyes became dinner plates in the awe. But okay, Commander Dante reads as thus: movement twelve, weapon skill, skill two plus, strength and toughness four, six wounds, six attacks, chunky, uh, two plus save, leadership nine. Of course, he's got an inferno pistol. Everyone knows what that is. It's a it's a melted pistol with a six inch range and uh, the Arx Mortalis, uh, strength plus three, minus three, two damage. His special rules: uh, angels of death, death from above. What you expect? Death mask of Sanguinius. Um, he's minus one hit in combat. No, uh, nope. And then, oh, always. Yep. He's just minus one to hit. Did it used to be in, just in combat? Or was um, it, it, was minus, it was minus one leadership or something, wasn't it, before? The, it was minus one. The death mask used to give minus one leadership in a bubble or something. And now that is phenomenally better. Like, whew, that's an upgrade. Uh, yep. Four plus invulnerable safer and iron halo. Lord Regent of Imperium Nihilus. Um, if your army is battle forged, you get one CP if this guy is your warlord. He is a chapter master, of course. He has rights of battle, of course. And he has epic hero of the Imperium. Once per battle, if this model is selected to use an epic deed stratagem that stratagem costs zero cp so essentially he gets to he gets to use an epic deed strat epic deed strats are strats that just pretty much will focus on him they don't create any force multiplication apart from pumping him up but it, it's free 
Yeah, so, so I think people are going to be real happy because they've always been like, well, why does Calgar give command points? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and I'm right there with him. I, 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 I put a little snark in my voice there, but I actually – like, okay, <laughs> Dante is like – when when all the forces of the Imperium were brought together uh, and and they all conceded that Dante should plan the strategy you know, for, for their combat. So – why on earth did he not give a command point benefit? So now he does. He gives yeah. you one command point you can use for whatever, but then the potential, you know, could be could be a whole lot of command points with yeah. his uh, epic D stratagem for free. I would just like to point out that right now, Azure gives two. So Azure is better. <laughs> well, let's let's see what the on the upside. I don't know if there are any three three command point epic D stratagems, but you I don't know, think there are. It could be um, could I, be a lot. This that's could the give, one. You could give a ton of command points over the, over time. Mm. Uh, I'm just looking for some epic Ah, whatever. We'll get to it later. But uh, he comes at 175 points, which I think is about spot on. You get he's up worth 175 points in combat. Seven attacks on the charge at at strength seven minus three two damage. Yeah, okay, I can get with that. Eight attacks when he's in sh- when he's in assault doctrine. Mm-hmm. I can I can yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So he he is a he's a chapter master. Yeah. Uh, so all those benefits of being a chapter master, uh, and he's minus one to hit uh, uh, if you're yes. for things that are coming at him, uh, and with six wounds, you know. Which think think of the 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 uh, factor of having that amount of wounds with a two plus armor save and a four plus invulnerable save, and being minus one to hit. I, again, I don't know the math, but I think that's like the equivalent of having nine wounds by yeah, himself, yeah, pretty much. Um, next up here we have Gabe Seth you want to read him out yep so weapon skill 2 plus BS 2 plus uh, going to strength toughness 4 6 wounds 5 attacks which 5 attacks on this guy is important uh, leadership 9 and he's got the blood reaver as his special weapon there which is times 2 strength neg 2 AP 3 a flat 3 damage so it was AP 2 apologies 3 damage you're right yep uh, and then the whirlwind of gore at the end of the fight. Uh, if this model is within engagement range of any enemy <laughs> units, it can fight again. He's, so he's he's one of the only characters in the game that gets to double. It's, well, it's the only so he's the only space marine character that gets to fight twice, right? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, innately on his yeah, because even the uh, the fight twice in in the stratagems in the space marine book is um, only assault intercessors. Yeah. And then the epic deed strat that it fights again is if it hasn't fought and he's died. The yeah, iron, so he's know? only getting, yeah, can never fight twice. But this this badass, like, bam, t- fighting twice, like that's huge. Uh, yeah, and he's a chapter master, and he's got the right to battle, which uh, flesh tears core units with him uh, can reroll hits of, of one. What's the uh, little slaughter he's got? Is that different? That's 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 new, yeah. Uh, yeah, while friendly flesh terrorist core units within six of them, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack on an unmodified wound roll of six, the damage characteristic of that attack is increased by one. Yikes. That is, that is great. Yeah, it is because, uh, but because it kind of, it's going to help get you back up to that. If you happen to miss anything, mm. you know, and then you're the wounds that do connect in wounds, you could possibly, you know, bring you back in. You could, you could dig your way out of a bad roll to hit yeah exactly right but and, and where this is crazy we think about this guy himself six attacks on the charge seven in assault doctrine he fights twice 14 attacks on a, a, you know hitting on twos at, at strength eight minus three in assault doctrine fight three damage and every six is four damage wow we, this is why i called him the beyblade <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. he just that blends is, 
blends and off, blends and blends. Awfully killy. And then his, don't forget his merciless butcher, uh, Warlord Tree. Uh, exactly right. And he gets extra attacks for everyone within um, three inches of him. Yep. Every five guys in three To inches. a maximum uh, of three. Yeah. And he is, he is what? He's 160 points? 100, but I think he's great for 160 points. So he's got I mean, all, look, all, all the force multiplication you can want. On top of that, he's one hell of a beat stick. You send him into a unit of guardians, 15 guardians. He kills every one of them. <laughs> every one of them. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty rad. So, this is the, remember, his whirlwind of gore is at the end of the fight phase. So you've already consolidated. So they can't get mm. away from you. You, you're like, yep. oh crap, let me pull these models and so he can't get me. Oh, it's terrible. Sorry, I'm coming forward and I'm getting you. Yep, so they have to, they have to pull themselves 4.1 inches away from your consolidate roll wound. For your, yeah, from your, your consolidated position. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard. You've got to factor in like 7 inches of space to get yourself out of his fight twice. Yeah, um, that's and, not possible and, for a lot of, lot of units. I mean, there are ways, uh, I believe, to increase that consolidation range to, to make it where he's just not, you just can't get oh, master, master of Sanctity, six inch, you just, you just bang, he's going to get you. Um, next one up is the Sanguinor. Movement 12, uh, weapon skill plus skill 2 plus, strength and toughness 4, five wounds, five attacks, 2 plus armor save. In Carmine Broadsword um, is his weapon, strength plus 2, minus 4, 2 damage. Each time uh, attack is made with this weapon and a modified reroll of six inflicts a mortal wound in addition. So he's got a, a five attacks at strength seven. Uh, sorry, sorry, apologies. Uh, strength six minus four two damage. Or of fever, fever, whatever. Um, when a model, <laughs> when a friendly blood angel's core blood angel's character enters in six of this model each time that unit fights, it could, is a fight resolved. It adds once the attack's characteristic is not cumulative with shock assault. That's kind of sucks. Each time it has That's- a angelic visage. As the minus one to hit that Dante also has four plus invulnerable save. Uh, this is so actually chime in because no, no, no. angelic actual. visage is a little bit different because it's me that is melee attack specifically. Oh, that is a melee one. Apologies. So th- this he has a death master sanguinius, or does he have the death master sanguinius? He does have uh, the death master sanguinius, yeah, the actual one. Capital um, S, so capital yeah. D, capital M, <laughs> capital S. Uh, miraculous savior at the end of the heroic intervention step of your opponent's charge phase this model has not yet been set up on the battlefield and if any enemy units finished a charge move within engagement range of any friendly blood angels units this phase you can set this model up within engagement range of one of those enemy units this unit counts as having performed a heroic intervention and this ability uh the last one is avenging angel this model is eligible to declare a charge even if it fell back. This model is eligible to perform a heroic intervention uh, six inches rather than f- uh, three and move six inches rather than three. But dude, the Miraculous Saver ability, the only other thing in the game that has any mechanic that is in any way similar to that is the freaking Yinkan. And the Yinkan has to kill, something has to die for it to do this whack-a-mole. This yep. you can only do it once per game, but it's a reactive thing. Oh, you, you, you made an effective counter charge. Sanguinor, solve that problem for me. Pop him in, teleport him in. That, I think it's very powerful. Yeah, I love this. So in um, in the index again, this brief window that we were operating with the index, he was in all my list mm-hmm. because of that. You know, again, I, I go with you want to create um, you know, terrible moves for your opponent. Yes, you, you don't want yep. them to have easy choices to to their their path to victory. You want to be lined with peril uh, mm-hmm. and, and unmerciless death. And so having <laughs> the sanguinar be able to pop in when they think they're making a safe charge or something they're making a safe maneuver to kill mm. five intercessors or whatever you're like well i'm sorry yeah these five intercessors were no assault weapon and it would have been sweet meat but hey here comes the sanguiner 
Well, exactly right. Your opponent thinks he's going to close in and take one of your objectives off you, and you're just like Sanguinor just solves the problem for you. Yeah. Um, he counts as having made a heroic intervention that turn, so it means he doesn't fight first. He didn't make a charge, but uh, yeah, so they will get to swing on, onto whatever they charge, essentially, or swing onto the Sanguinor. Um, but most things can't kill this guy in yeah, one turn. Like most, most things, things. are going to struggle to kill a five wound character with a two plus armor save and an invulnerable. Two plus, four plus. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and then but then they're torn. You know, you you've created they, one. They may not everything in the unit might not be an engagement range of them mm-hmm. uh, because exactly they're right. You can, you can pick. You can position him any in any way into that unit. It doesn't even yes. be in 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 um, an inch restriction to the unit that got charged. So you can position him where he's there's no matter what they do, they're only gonna get like a handful of attacks at best onto him. Yeah, so two gaunts ain't getting the job done on this guy. <laughs> That's right. You can jank this a lot, and I love that. Yeah. Um he's 150 points. And um I I no, think a if bargain he's, at that point point. I mean, really for, the, for, the, for, for the jank ability, absolutely. If he still gave a, a standard plus one attack to everybody, he'd be 100% the best character in this book. Like, he would be, you couldn't not take him. Yeah, it's a, t- it's a toss-up. So I, I do have to kind of float between him and another character who have yet, we've yet to name. Yes, as, yes, as okay. to- <laughs> well, you want to jump in and go to the next one so we can get to that character quickly. Uh, Br- Brother Kubulo. So the, the, the truck, I mean, really just, uh, I'm glad that this guy has, he's in the conversation again. Mm, me too. Five wounds, four attacks, two plus BS in weapon skill. Uh, Heaven's Teeth is a chain sword, plus one strength, neg two AP damage one. Uh, Red Grail, while a friendly Blood Angel core or Blood Angel character unit, excluding vehicle units within six inches of this model. If the Tactical Doctrine or Devastator Doctrine is active for your army, then each time a model in this unit makes an attack, the Assault Doctrine is considered to be active for that attack instead. Mm. Uh, Then he's got the... uh, Narthiseum, while a friendly Blood Angel infantry or Blood Angel biker unit is within three inches of this model, each time the model and that unit lose, uh, would lose a wound, roll the d6 on a six, that wound is not lost. And he's got the combat restoratives, which is the same from the Space Marines. Uh, and then he has a sanguinary high priest. Uh, at the end of your movement phase, this model can use its combat restorative ability twice instead of once. There is a lot going on with this dude. Um, he's a force multiplier. He's a healer. He's a res- he's a necromancer. He's bringing guys back from the dead, and he's doing it twice. On top of that, he's he's well, he's not that survivable. Unfortunately, he doesn't have an inborn save. But I mean, if he's getting attacked, you've done something wrong, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You want to create these little bubbles. Now he he walks, so that's yeah, yeah. That's a uh, downside. That's a big downside. But he's got the secondary high priest double your your combat restorative ability built into him, which is which is mm. nice. I think that's well. I think it's amazing. Good. You run up and you res two Sangar. The guy's paid for himself. He he costs 115, um, which I think is about perfect for that. For that points cost, I think that is about perfect. Yeah, he's yeah. already. He, is he a chief? He's already a chief apothecary. Yeah. Um, keyworded. So that means if you take him though, you can't buy another chief apothecary. You only have one per army. Um, but I think I think he's quite good. I think yeah, you're right. Him being back in the conversation is is just good because he wasn't. He was he was a joke. I, I'd never even never heard of him before now. <laughs> well, I, mean, he's I had, had you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's he's had some uh, some use throughout the 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 additions like with he used to have the all-seeing eye of uh oh, yeah. of Sanguinius. I remember that. Uh yeah, so you know give you had that little bit of uh, the pro- the prophecy would come out, you know, the prophetic nature of the space of the bullet angels would come would come through him. Mm. That's absent, but the fact that he has, you know, got he does what he's supposed to do. He's an apothecary, he does better yeah. apothecary things, so you know, great. All right, well, up to a regular Sang Priest. A regular one will cost you 90 points and reads as thus. Web skill 2+, plus, list skill 3+, plus, uh, strength and toughness, and wounds of 4. Three attacks, three up save. Uh, comes with Bolt Pistol and Chainsword. Can't give it a jump pack. 
Um, and it's got the Nathesium, Combat Restoratives, and the Blood Talus. So it still has the three of the... So b- between this guy and Corbulo, Corbulo has uh, another wound, um, is a little more expensive, and can use the, the thing twice. But this guy can have a jump pack. But I think the jump pack is like 20 points on him, though, anyway. So you're talking about around the same amount of points. But this guy does get the movement 12. Uh, how? Uh, it's, it's 30 how points. In- it's 120 uh, oh, good. It's 30 points for a jump pack? Yeah. Uh, you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so you're just yeah. like, oh, well, fair enough. That's the price I'm going to pay. Because I think these guys are, you, you just take one, right? Don't you? They're just too good not to, not to take, right? Uh, so w- the jump pack is what is what does this here. And I really, this yeah. is one of those, like, oh my goodness, are we going to run into a situation to where there's no model you can buy, so he's going to lose that <laughs> jump mm, pack ability. That's, true, that's, yeah. that's where, with, with the, where we all kind of, uh, you know, we have hopeful optimism when, we, when these things come out. Uh, but I also think that anything that as that you could plastic kit bash should probably stay stay an option in the codex. Thank, I 100% agree. Thankfully, a la orc with uh, mech with uh, shield or uh, what you call it KFF. force field. Yep. Yep. Made its way back yeah. in kind of thing. So you know they're doing a, they're doing a solids all over the place as far as that goes. Uh, mm. But with the with with the jump pack, uh, he's in my current list. And yes, I think you're going to see him in just about every. So, uh, you know, with the, with the ability to advance, this is what we're talking about, like being able to advance to the assault doctrine for this Mm. and you burn a stratagem that allows you to do two units and then you go and burn the space brain stratagem that lets them. So you got three powerhouse units that could technically be in the assault doctrine on turn one, which is Mm -hmm. like, and you know, that's the boiling oil for your opponent. They think they're making it. So it's freaking terrifying, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they think uh, but, they're making right. what are sure thing. They're they're playing their game. They got you. They got you on turn one. You got your <laughs> element. And you're like, bam, 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 bam. You know, <laughs> love it. Uh, I lift this one for you. This has been strategically staged, so you can talk about your boy. Tell us about Meph, <laughs> Chief Librarian Mephiston. Uh, so weapon skill two plus, uh, ballistic skill two plus. Got a movement seven, so he is f- faster than any other walking space marine, uh, mm. to my knowledge. Uh, base strength five, toughness five, tougher than most other space marines, to my knowledge. Yep. Six wounds, beefier than anything outside of a, what a chapter master. Yep. Uh, yep. yep, five attacks base. Uh, it'd be good. <laughs> yep, uh, two plus save. So uh, then he goes down to yeah, plasma pistol. This plasma pistol needs a name. It does. Why is he not going to name plasma pistol? That, that's that's it should where, be like yeah. the thirster, or I don't know. It's she who drinks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the, but that's the, that's my only small critique uh, on this. And um, Vitaris, the sword melee weapon, of course, times two strength, giving him strength 10, neg three AP, D3 damage. D3 damage is a little streaky, uh, mm-hmm. but you are swinging strength 10. And you got quickening, so you, you've got the, the ability to buff this, this you know, your number of attacks up. Yeah, for sure. And and so you, I think the streakiness of the damage is going to be uh, um, smoothed out over the weight of number of attacks. Yep. Then Lord of Death, uh, he's got the Angel's Death. Obviously, Lord of the Death. Each 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 time this model would lose a wound on a D6 roll of a five plus, the wound is not lost. That so that is one hundred percent better than most people's ignore injury. Mm-hmm. And then Psychic could uh, deny the witch plus one within twelve. Yeah. Uh, how many powers and stuff does he get? Uh, so, a model can attempt to manifest two psychic powers and attempt to deny two psychic powers uh, in your opponent's psychic phase. No smite and three psychic powers from the secondary discipline. Beautiful. Still no three. And he will run you 155 points of pretty, pretty good. Yeah. 
yep. uh, yeah, so he has a possible 10 attacks, doesn't he? So he gets plus one on the charge and then plus another one for Assault Doctrine. And then with Quickening, he himself D3. 10 attacks is strength 10 minus 3, 3 damage. Minus 4 if you're in the Assault Doctrine to get to the 10 attacks. Uh, yeah, okay. Yep, I like it. I like it a lot. So what mean, for, what for a bargain... For points, so he really does. You know, we were talking about earlier is that he he competes in every phase. He is mm-hmm. dangerous in the movement phase. Uh, he's dangerous in the psychic phase, giving him extra movement, giving him the, the most powerful ability yeah. in, the, in the freaking game. Um, and he has damage he can do. And then in the assault phase, there's there's pound for pound, point for point. There's very little that can compete with him. 100%. I couldn't agree more, man. I think he is incredible. And I expect to see him a lot. I'm not sure if I see him in every list, but like every second or third list for sure. I think he's still a mainstay. I think you're going to make are. a good case for this next unit, uh, but he's going to be in a lot of lists for sure. Yeah, next one's a Libby Dread. And I, I quite like the Libby Dread. I'm, I'm quite a big fan. Movement 6, Web Skill, list skill 3+, plus, Strength 6, Toughness 7, 8 Wounds, 4 Attacks, 3 plus save. Is a character with under 10 wounds, so you know can't shoot him. Uh, could come with all the usual goodness that you get from a, a combat dreadnought except for the furioso force halberd strength plus two minus three d3 plus three damage Mwah, love you uh each time this bear makes an a fight makes sorry bear fights it makes one additional attack with this weapon and no more than one attack can be made oh what no more than one attack can be made with this weapon <laughs> i didn't read that before oh that that pisses me off <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll keep going. I'll do the rest. It's got a psychic hood, so it's got the good deny. Do you do eternal for minus one damage and uh, can manifest two psychic powers and knows two psychic powers from the, the um, sanguinary discipline? So, yeah, if you notice, both meth and um, and the, the Libby Dread are locked to the sanguinary discipline. They can't take from the Space Ring Codex. I think that's fine. I think with things that are specialized like that, like a Tigerius or things of that ilk, I think they're, they're specialized to the book like a Libby Dread is. It should be specialized to their their traits, their tree. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed by the Force Halberd. That, that, does, that, that actually pisses me off. Come on, man. Just roll, again, just roll sixes, and you're popping in a six damage with that one weapon, and then you're going, well, oh, I'm no, gonna... you have to fall back to your Furioso Fist as three damage. Well, I want to make eight attacks with the helmet, don't I? <laughs> you, no, you do. You do. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm picking him because I think this guy is very good. No, that does seem good. to be like, I'll echo your, your statements here. That seems to be like a weird balance mechanic. Well, because now you've got to take the fist and the halberd if you want to get the best melee option rather than taking a uh, halberd and, uh, you know, any, any other guy. Oh, sorry. No, he has to take two. Never yeah, mind, he never has mind. to take it. Yeah, he, he has did, to take two. He doesn't Apologies. get a shooty option. Yeah. He doesn't get a, I used to. I used to think you could take the frag cannon or the... um the melty melter or whatever but yeah, i don't be believe you've ever been able to take that on the librarian then i am tripping balls and forget i use this guys paul this is your show See you later. <laughs> well no i Check could be out. wrong I, I but i don't believe the librarian has ever been able to take that i think your only option is whether or not you go with melted guns or bolters or yeah flamers. exactly right. i'll have you flamers at the bottom but fair enough i i really write i really write the um the libby dread i think he's gonna be fine 150 points for a character dreadnought that punches your face off it's got two powers can be very dynamic or very buffing i think it's good um, well, well, I mean, Nick's, where, Nick's, where, where, how you would compare, uh, I think, him to Mephiston is that, or why you could even like really make an argument is he does have eight wounds on a toughness yeah. seven frame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, admittedly, like Meph is faster because uh, the Libby Dread is was moving, um, moving six. Yeah, yeah, but you're casting the. I mean, he's he's not. Yeah, you cast them. They're going to be moving twelve for most of the game, aren't they? Well, no, it's it's not even movement twelve. Is that you cast the that in your psychic phase? So he's movement. You know, 18. No, they, oh, of course, yeah, because you move your six and then you move another 12. Of course, of course, of course. And then next turn you can move 24 because you start at moving 12 until your next psychic phase. Yeah. Um, 
But next next boys up is Astarath. Um, I will tell you right now, Astarath uh, is is good with a but. But he's only the only the but only exists because the Master of Sanctity on bike exists. But if he didn't exist, Astarath would be the man, like the absolute freaking man. You want to tell us about him, dude? Yeah, Astarath. So this guy's, uh, if I remember correctly, he's like a character from a story that that just got so much traction because he's so cool that he made his way into the codex. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, I think so. Uh, movement twelve because he got a jump pack, two plus weapon skill, ballistic skill. Got the standard marine. Toughness, strength, and toughness. Five wounds, four attacks, leadership nine with a two plus armor save. Yeah, I see. Yeah, with the fact that two plus armor save is way harder to come by on in typical marine yeah. characters. I love it that it's on so many of these. Uh, mm. I mean, I think they're maybe held up by their cool looking models because there's no way you <laughs> that, that is not artificer armor. Exactly right. <laughs> but uh, whatever, I'll take it. So the Executioner's Axe is plus two strength, so swinging in a strength six, neg three AP, three damage, flat three damage. I think that mm-hmm. really good. Uh, really spiritual good. leader, uh, while that's the that's the uh, chaplain rule. Everyone gets his leadership, yep. Yeah, leadership, yep. Uh, Redeemer of the Lost, while a friendly Blood Angel's Death Company unit is within six inches of this model, each time a morale test is taken, the test is automatically passed. Uh, and then um, he's got a four pulse. So. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say something I think a lot of us have been thinking for a long time. I think Death Company should just be fearless. Oh, as they've well, been see, for time that, immemorial before 8th edition. That, that, see, that is the weirdest thing because uh, I'm almost certain that I just assumed that they were because they have been forever. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when they weren't, I have to imagine I played that first game wrong. That, that, yeah, you know, yeah, I think everybody happened. did though. Yeah, like, but they've been fearless for 25 years. Why would they be not be fearless now? It is totally that that meme when you're when you're removing casualties from a death company unit uh, due to morale. It is like the what, you know? Yes. Sorry, can you say that again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell us about this guy's a chappy, isn't he? uh, He is. So he's he's priest. Oh boy, has a chaplain keyword. Uh, Yeah. yeah, So he gets the litanies of hate uh, and then the mass of doom and two other litanies from the litanies of battle. Uh, so, uh, the mass of doom is a special power. And so let me, let me read the whole thing here. Uh, friendly models around on the three plus reciting the litany is inspiring and takes the effect to the start of your next command phase as normal. Uh, so then the mass of doom, uh, if this litany is inspiring, select one friendly blood angel core or blood angel character unit, excluding vehicles within six inches of the priest model, roll a D six and apply those results. If you roll a one, you perform a merciful execution. One model in that unit is destroyed. Each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, add one to the attack's hit roll. So not all like you not like you roll a one and it just you know boosts your your thing. You do lose a model, but that's very thematic. Well, and you just you just gave your apothecary something to do, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Get to good, work. Good spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two to five, the Dark Wrath, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, I add one to that hit roll. And then on a six, models in that unit have a four plus invulnerable save. Each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, add one to that attack's hit roll. So I was looking in here and uh, I was seeing if the Mass of Doom is a once per game thing. And I don't see anything that says that. So you just pop this off every time. Yeah. So you can also take the plus one to hit lit, like Canical, can't you? For litany from because he's a you can take two litanies. Um, in yeah, he, he can recite up to two litanies. So yeah. uh, so you, you can give 
two plus ones to wound or a plus one to wound. Sorry, two so two plus ones to hit or you know plus one to wound. You wouldn't do that because you're blood angels. But you can you can get off your uh, plus to charge and plus one to hit um, in a lot of different ways. I I think he's good. I don't know if you're going to use Master Doom that much though. Uh, well, so you get you get two things to, to so you you know a total of four litanies. You know litany of hate, mm. Master Doom, and then two other litanies. Mm. Um, and you know adding one to the hit roll if you've got a unit of ten guys with damage two weapons and stuff i mean yeah don't but don't they already have a plus one to hit or is it the plus one to hit can go only for shooting uh there is a plus one to shoot uh yeah. and then there's yeah I think this one is this one isn't locked um i know it's making melee attack yeah um but yeah so this this one is for melee attacks only uh but you know you, you run the risk of either killing a dude or you also run the risk of you know, getting a four a four plus involved for the lulls anyway. uh, now look you can't use a command point reroll to fish for to get you mm. out of a one and fish for the six you can't uh i don't think you can do that no you uh, can't. so it's a bit streaky but adding one to the hit roll is not is not bad uh, i think it's good i think it's great i think the only reason that he wouldn't be an auto take in every list is because the master of sanctity chappy exists, but they're from, they're for a comparable amount of points. I, I would argue that unless you completely kid up that, um, that chappy on bike to be the killer, the, as big a killer as you could possibly be, that being the relic, the wall of traits and all those things. Astorath yep. just starts as, as a better killer, a far better killer than that guy does without all the buffs. Um, uh, yeah. I love the damage yeah. three, no neg to hit. Oh, dude, next, next three AP. It's his, his his weapons profile is actually perfection. Strength six minus one to wound. Um, sorry, plus one to wound. Sorry for being blood angels. Strength six plus one to wound is like the literal perfection uh, marine killing profile. You couldn't mm-hmm. get better unless you were, unless you were strength eight plus one to wound. Um, yeah, and he's going to have five attacks, six attacks in assault doctrine, hitting on twos. He's he's a butcher. Love him. I think he's really good. Yeah, uh, you, you to, can't go wrong with him. If you if you built nah. a if you took him every game, you're not gonna you're not gonna feel like you nah, are missing nah. anything. But I think I think in the min maxing debate, I think the the master sank on bike chappy um, is possibly equal or pips him just slightly. Um, so I, I've I've chosen the master sanctity on bike yeah, primaris yeah. master sanctity on bike. I I, I I think there's a couple of things that makes him superior, but we'll talk about those in part two. We'll okay. go through your lists. Um, next one's Lamadis or the Lemmy or the man who's leading the Lemmings into the jaws of doom, the Death Company. Uh, moving twelve web school bliss web school two bliss school three plus strength and toughness and wounds of four attacks of four also three plus save. He's got a blood crozius, which is essentially just a regular crozius with an extra rend instead of being rend one, rend two. He has fury unbound. Oh, so he has um, angels of death, uh, death from above, black rage, of course. Uh, whilst a friendly blood angels Death Company core Death Company character is within six of this model, you can reroll the charge rolls. Quite nice. Uh, Light in the dark, which is an aura. While friendly Blood Angels uh, Death Company unit was in six of this model, um, it uses his leadership. Of course, they decided to name that something different, so I would read it out. And then I guardian of the lost each time. Well, okay, so so this is um, it, it's important because it's only Death Company. It's not he doesn't get the the the, the chaplain ability or passing out to any yeah. to anybody else other than Death Company. Um, guardian of the lost pretty much just changes all his litanies to only affect Death Company. Yeah, yeah. If that litany is and yeah, and yeah, change all death company keywords. Yeah, yeah. So it changes litanies to only affect death company stuff. And he knows litany of hate and two other litanies from litanies of battle. Um, in your command phase, it can recite up to two litanies. Um, even if oh wow, so is he a master of sanctity? He isn't a master of sanctity. So this is a great way of taking either either Astarath or the the chappy and getting four litanies a turn. The problem is though, you have to have yeah. enough death company to mean to make it relevant. Yeah, Astrath is a master of sanctity, uh, but see again and again, we're not it, death company. You're not just the flyboys. 
Exactly right. Exactly right. So you got to have, but you know, you could have two units of Death Company and then two units of Sangard, and they can all cop a litany, um, which is really nice. The issue, the issue being, um, actually, no, no, that's fine. I was about to say because you, you would use the non-Death Company guy to give everyone plus charge because that would affect Death Company as well as the non-Death Company. Mm-hmm. But then you would just you would just do the plus to hit in combat or the the whatnots or just on the Death Company guys. Yeah, and we're talking about the plus charge, but and it's uh, not cumulative with other things that benefits. Like the blood, you're, you're yeah. overriding the blood angel plus one, yeah, but you're exactly. getting plus two, so it's a it's double the fun. <laughs> you're not going to be able worth to buy it. it. Still um, worth it. And Lamartis runs you 120 points, so I think it's, it's actually quite cheap for a, a jump captain chappy. Is actually about right. You're not paying. So, you're doing well. Where 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 he falls down is being four wounds. Yes, with a three plus save. Yeah, but he, I mean, he does get the. I mean, he's, he's Death Company, right? So he's got the. He, he can he, he can ignore, the, he ignore some. Yeah. I'd say you never shrug off a wound though, because he's only got yeah, the four wounds. Four yeah. rolls. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, again, he. he but look, Lamartis is amazing. You're if you're taking Death Company, you want to. You probably want to include him. If yeah. you're taking Death Company, I think you include him. I well, think you, you get the free reroll charge. Yeah, you know, I mean, so if you're taking if you're taking your heavy death company list, like if you're taking what you said before, fifteen, sixteen hundred points of death company, if they are like the main core pivotal units of your your army, you take Lemmy. Yeah, sure. so, so you know when I'm going through codexes, I look for things that that give me value. They either have an innate ability, or they they do something that that frees up another spin somewhere else, or they do something unique, you know, to to only them. And in this case. The reroll charge is not unique to him, but you don't have to spend anything extra for it. Like I don't have to pop a stratagem that could potentially be affected. Yep. I don't have to, you know, do do anything other than have him be where he needs to be anyway. Yeah. Uh, jumping over to the next, for some reason, for some inexplicable reason, they will not let Tycho die. They're just dragging this guy, this dead horse, through like what three editions they- now. You are one of the fundamental things to 40k that we often forget is that you can you can uh, conduct your battles during any time period that sounds right to you. That's true. That's true. So there are only three. Battles, there are only three constants in 40k: rolling once, failing charges, and Captain Tycho. Or <laughs> <laughs> Tycho the last, whatever. Uh, but so he reads as thus: moving six, weapon skill, blitz skill two plus, strength and toughness four, five wounds, four attacks, two plus save. He has Blood Song, which is his spicy, spicy combi melter. Is a master crafted bolt gun now, rapid fire one, strength four minus one two damage, and his melter gun is just a an assault, you know, it's just a melter gun with the the new plus two damage. He has a dead man's hand, which is uh, melee user strength uh, minus three one damage. He has the right to battle, and aboard the beast is his only special rule of relevance. Uh, each time this model makes a melee attack against an orc unit, add one to the strengths and damage characteristic. I'll just I'll just do Tycho the Lost as well because um, he has exactly I, the same stat line. You just did him, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same stat line, exactly the same weapons, except he's got a full on hero, which so he's he's uh, rerolls ones or is only affecting Death Company. He has the black range, and well, uh, that's okay. it, exactly the same. Otherwise, so a little bit pay... a little bit different. I was sorry, I may I led you straight here. His forlorn hero ability is a nine inch buff range oh uh, yeah it is nine inch he's got a nine inch yeah. aura of reroll once so that's how you kind of keep him up with jump pack dudes you just string him you have to string him back a little bit less and uh yes. and maybe you can keep up with the jump packs and guess what you're still never gonna see him well okay this so one of the things that Please. i love about this like right, do you remember right. when we were doing our, our gaz episode on forging narrative where we were talking about like mm-hmm. gaz's progression through his war gear we're trying to guess his original war gear and that kind of stuff uh, yeah uh, yeah 
is that Tycho is one of those characters that there was like somebody's character. So that's why he had the digi laser and the combi meltdown. Of course. And that yeah. kind of stuff. So, you know, he's he's got this kind of get ridiculous. I'm surprised it ever refractor field. You know, like there's yeah. um, it's it's one of those things that that um that I think this was somebody's character for a battle report that has now become a staple. Legend, and that's cool. Become legend. Mm. Same way with Pedro, that's Pedro hot. Cantor in uh, the Crimson Fist, I think was somebody's character. Yeah. And dude, I got to tell you, his model is OG as all hell. Yeah. Everything from the, 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 the basic pewter um, single press mold stance or whatever that, whatever their method was yeah. to like just the, the flashy old gold on his model. Well, I, I told you, you know, when I got, got into blood angels back in the day, because of that picture on the front of the compendium is it's got mm. all these red Marines around this single gold figure. And, and, yep. you know, and then they made that the captain Tycho model, which was freaking cool at the time. At the time it was amazing. Wasn't it? And it might not even been the captain Tycho model. It might've just been captain you know, I don't. I don't. Can't remember. Yeah, but, X Y X Y Z. Yeah, yeah. Got that model, and you and still have them to this day. You know, it's like one of the first models that I actually spent an exorbitant amount of time on. Mm. Um, we're up to. I've left this one again for you. I've kind of. I've. I've done this properly so that you'll get Sangard. Tell us the story, my man. Sanguinary Guard. So, uh, unit size four to ten. Four is important, you know, because you know the box comes with five dudes, but you can use one of them to be your ancient. With the yep. with the banner, uh, and and so that that is important if you're making some you know economy decisions or or whatever. Uh, but the squad side, even points wise, you could go a little bit leaner on the points to get more units if you wanted only a four man squad, yep. uh, or, or worked in your strategy. Movement twelve, um, three plus weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength toughness four, two wounds, which is you know, nice. Um, mm. Three attack, three attacks a piece. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, man. The money. Two plus, two plus armor save leadership, eight. Uh, they come stock with the Angelus bolt gun, which is an 18-inch assault two, strength four, neg one AP, damage one weapon. Mm-hmm. And then the Encarmon sword, uh, which is plus one strength, neg three AP, two damage sword. Nice. So it's a master, essentially it's a mastercrafted power sword by today's standards. Um, or well, all ma- no, sorry, take that back. How dare I? All mastercrafted power swords are just uh, copied in carbine swords, <laughs> relic blades <laughs> type, type thing, yes, whatever. Exactly. So you can upgrade them to the axe, which is uh, neg two AP plus two strength, two damage, or a power fist, which is times two strength, three neg three AP, two damage, and then but you subtract one from your yeah. attacks hit roll. I say that, but. I still think it's worth it because you add in sprinkle in some stealth power fist and it's very difficult for your opponent to deal with. Mm-hmm. And they can they can drop the Angelus bolt gun for a couple of things, can't they? Of course, yeah, one's a plasma the, pistol. What's the other one? The Inferno pistol, uh, which is a six-inch weapon. See the range on this, because you have 12-inch move, you know, not you know, it's not bad. It's not really that big of a um, um, yes, you know, the world, yeah. You have an 18-inch effective threat range for this. That's how I look at some of the yeah. stuff. It's like, what is my actual effective threat range of this stuff? And it's 18 inches. And once you once you put the profile I'm about to describe on an 18-inch threat range, then it starts looking a lot more promising. Mm. So strength eight, neg four AP, D6 damage, and then is D6 plus two uh, because of the melter roll. If you're in within three, half range. In three inches. Yeah. I'm of yeah. the opinion you never get melter range on this. Because if you're in melter range, you're just killing yourself out of charge range. And you'd rather charge, right? But you... So where where this comes up a lot... And I used to do this way back in the day. Like I'd have a character like me, you know, an Eldar Autark with a, mel, a fusion gun. 
And I yep. drop off some dude, you know, out of the back of a wave serpent or something. I drop all the dudes I want going one direction on one side, and then the fusion gun guy to melt something on the other side. You know, so with Sanguinary Guard, you can, without any hyperbole, threaten two things. Uh, because you you get there, you shoot something else, yes, okay. and then charge the other thing. Now, look, don't take the pistol upgrades. <laughs> I'm not suggesting take it. I'm saying that no, if you did take it, then that's how you have to be positioning them is, is wanting to threaten multiple things. Because, yeah, if you take it, you, you've got to get mileage out of it. Yeah. Or else there was no point. Just leave and the same with, with the, the plasma the pistol. I, uh, I, yeah. I think that now, now these aren't like stupid point-wise upgrades or whatever, but I just I just think that you're, you're, you're situationally going to use the plasma, the, the pistol upgrades. You're always going to use the Angelus bolt guns. Mm, yeah, I, I think so. The Angelus Volcans are just always going to get work. Um, yeah. they, they start at 30 points and go up from there. Um, uh, do you, what are your, what's your preference? I, I'm a really big fan of the swords and the axes. The swords the axes, yeah, I'm actually a really big fan. I'm not I'm not massively huge on the power fist, because, just because I don't think you take a bunch of them, but I do think you sprinkle, don't you? Yeah, so, so I, I like... Again, you really can't go wrong with the weapons here. No, it's just kind of just can, yeah. what you what you want to do. I think that with the plus one to wound, with the, with the Blood Angels, you know, base ability, you get a lot of mileage out of that. Mm. You're still yeah. not an auto win against toughness eight. You know, it's true. You got to do a little bit of work, and I think in that situation, the um, the times two strength is is good because then you're taking that to wounding on threes and yeah. and in your minus one to hit is almost irrelevant because you're buffing them with something else. Now yeah well tell us about tell us about the special rules they've got. Uh so okay yeah sorry I went off on a bit of a tangent. That's so, fine. Uh uh they get angelic visage. Each time a melee attack is made against this unit, subtract one from that attack's hit roll. So it's got the Sanguiner seal. Yep. Uh down downgrade from Dante. Remember Dante is negative every both. Yeah. Yeah, Eris as Kellon. So, uh, one, love that character in the lore. Oh, dude. Um, Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, and each time a model in this unit makes an attack, if that model unit is within six inches of any friendly Blood Angels Warlord, add one to that attack's hit roll. So there's the way to make the, the power fist not a downside, isn't it? Just, a, just uh, an, Yeah. Yeah, so where, where in, in previous editions, I think this was a bit of a, like a... Um, um, a double up on the ability because if you were around a chapter master, you would get to re-roll and they had to re-roll, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. This yeah. is add one to the to the roll, which is infinitely better. Uh, and then when you're when you're gonna be something that you're gonna be near something that probably gives you a re-roll anyway. Exactly. So yeah, I think I I think this for 30 points, um, Adam's ring-a-ding big call of the day. This is one of the best units in the game. This is literally one of the best units in the entire game of 40k. Yep. Uh, so four is better than three, and a two plus <laughs> flying, uh, f- flying uh, monster with four attacks on the charge, a yep. unit of, five, of eight plus of these. Yeah, five in assault doctrine and a bunch of ways to go to six. I think. Um, like, yeah, dude. I think the I think the axe. The more I'm thinking about it, in the meta we're kind of seeing at the moment with a lot of gravis, a lot of toughness five bodies. I think the axes might be edging out the sword now, just because getting to back to winding toughness five on two pluses probably puts that over the top a little bit. But man, I like to, I, the, my favorite model is just a dude with the sword though. I think the sword's looking the best. Yeah, yeah. So I I um I go a little bit lean on warrior options typically. I now again it may be the min max. Maybe this is like an old uh, adage. That I need to kind of maybe start working past, or you know, from since I am you know an, an ancient 
Ven- the venerable <laughs> TPM. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but uh, I think that the in this case, the just the stock option for these at 30 points is a steal. And once you start uh, adding in more things, even if it's five points here and there, and you add in a lot of those, then you're reducing your ability to um, control. You know, you, you, At some point, at what point do you add in an options, enough options that have uh, taken another unit away from you somewhere else? Mm, exactly right. It, I don't, and I don't know when that what that ratio is yet because we've had the codex for you know three days, four days at this point. But yeah, but right exactly now right. I feel like just swords and bolt and bolt guns with a couple of fists is the way to go. No, I can't disagree with that. I think those are all good options. Um, jumping over to the Sanguinary Ancient. So this one has essentially exactly the same stat line as a Sanguinary guy, except it has four wounds instead of two. Um, it, and it comes base with an Angelus bolt gun and a Carmine sword. Can have the same upgrades to an axe or a fist. Um, death from above, Angels of Death. Chapter banner. Um, in your command phase, select one friendly Blood Angels core unit within six of this model until starting next command phase. Each time a model unit makes an attack, add one to the hit roll. That's another way to get to, to negate your um, minus one to hit from the fists, which is great. Angelic Visage, minus one to hit from combat. We know what that is. Um, Heirs of Eskelion, um, same as what we just read out before. It, um, Plus one to hit if you're in range of your warlord. Man, so many plus one to hit options. And it has an Astartes banner, which is what we already know what this is. You get to fight back or shoot back on a four plus when you die. Um, and this guy, of course, can be upgraded to be the ancient. He can start giving out um, uh, obsec and things within, within ranges and upgrades this guy in a lot of different ways. I think he's pretty good. Is this a mainstay for you? He, he comes in at um, 125 points. Look, he's not cheap. 125. He's and- not. The, the reason he's not a uh, an auto-include, again, because again, this is me. I go a little bit leaner yep. on things. Now, you can upgrade him to weapons. So, what I typically, I told you I avoid like lieutenants most of the time and and because they yeah. are, you know, you you you're, you start making like positional choices and I think you start making choices about like d- do I want to put this guy in threat range or just because I'm going to lose him I may lose him his buffs next round or something like that. You know, forget all that. Uh, but uh, you can you can give this guy power fist swords or whatever. And look, if if the fist were the same cost as the sword, I'd say put fist on everybody because you're basically ignoring that neg one because of all these other things that that that, that you can do with this with stuff. Yeah. Um, so you know, but that being said, I don't think the banner is a must-have thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a must-have either. I think there's a lot of ways to get around what it brings. But I think if you did want to just roll around with all your jumpy boys and turn them all upset, this is a great way to get that done. Um, so you're in a in a slot. Now, this we're talking about Blood Angel Elite slots. Yeah, exactly right. It's contested as hell. See, what I wish, I wish this had a similar a similar thing to what Black Knights do right now in the index for Dark Angels. So every Black Knight unit, you can take something like a Sanguinary, you can take like a, a Ravenwing Ancient, a Ravenwing Champ, or Apothecary without taking up a slot. I wish this had this rule. For every Sang, Sang Guard unit, you could take a Sang Ancient without taking up an Elite slot. Because you're right, it is just super, super contested in there, isn't it? Yeah, now look, in... I have not burned all my elite slots, and I think with a battalion, you're you're going to struggle with it because you're going to get into this like points ratio or points economy type mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, you probably have the slots for it, but I don't think you have the points to to make it something that you always always stick in. You always want to take, yeah. Um, I think the, the times when you want it, it's going to become very apparent. Um, moving over to we got the Death Company Dread. Uh, movement six, weapon skill, blitz skill three plus, strength six, toughness seven, wounds eight. 
five attacks, three plus save, comes equipped with a Melter Gun Storm Bolter and two Furioso Fisticuffs. Um, they read as thus. They are just they're just a dreadnought comp weapon. Strength times two, minus three, three damage, has a magna grapple. Um, each time an enemy vehicle unit, okay, it can be upgraded to a magnet level, apologies, but it reads as um, enemy vehicle unit is selected to fall back whilst it's in engagement range of the bearer. You can engage its magnet grapple if you do roll 2d6. If the result is less than the strength characteristic of the enemy, it can fall back normally. Otherwise, it could not fall back. Like an equivalent dreadnought is toughness 6, so you just have to roll over a 6 on a, on 2d6. Um, I mean, a knight gets a bit harder at the, the strength 8 and such, but it's uh, still not, you know, not impossible. Um, it's got some cool stuff. I mean, you, you can replace the fist with blood talons, uh, which are strength plus four, minus two, three damage, and you can reroll the wind roll. So they're the super super lightning claws, essentially. Uh, and I I quite like them. I don't think you're going to see them, though, cause, just because it's an elite slot. It's the freaking elite yeah. slot. Um, and I can touch on the magna grapple for just a, a second, is that uh, it, it's good for things you know, like a, a wave serpent or something. So, you, I mean, I don't think you want to... Now, you can engage other things but you're probably going to kill most things you engage uh to it's you but you can you can root some important mm. things that would be able to otherwise ignore you know being engaged or whatever yeah and i mean it's got duty eternal he's got black rage so that means it's six attacks is that seven attacks on the charge um yeah. that's that's fearsome that is fearsome damage man um it's not going to do anything from range. Like it's not going to do a damn thing from range. But uh, when it gets there, good God, it, it blends. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, this is one of those I think you'll struggle to see. But when we get to the second part, and I'm not trying to overly pitch the second part, but there's there's. <laughs> well, you're doing a better job of me at the moment. So there's by all means continue. <laughs> there's depth in the book, you know. So yeah, the, you know, we'll see. Um, all right, Death Company's up next, dude, and it's all yours. By Death Company Marines. So the biggest change here is that you used to take 15 of, of these folks, and and I routinely did. But let me tell you, Blood Angel players, and we'll talk about this on, on FDN, don't lose heart. Uh, because if you have extra models, that just means you can mix and match your unit now a lot more mm -hmm. uh, frequently. And this is not even a zero-one choice. You could have you know, three, four units in your, in your army. Go for it. Uh, so uh, without the jump packs of movement six, but I, I, I don't think you're ever going to take them without the jump packs. Um, yeah, I, I, I never see you taking them without the jump packs. Yeah. So every so weapon skill three plus strength strength is four two wounds two attacks base which is which is good leadership seven not good three plus save. Um, if the unit contains six or more models, it has a power rating of 14. Uh, every model is equipped with a bolt pistol, Astartes chainsword, frag grenades, and crack grenades. Uh, so, so you can... Let me go down to... There's another thing here that I think is important uh, about the bolters. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, what, what? Did bolters do something special? I didn't think they did. No, oh, no, so no you can special. Take, you can take a bolter and the, the chainsword or a, a melee weapon. I, I think you have to dip the chainsword to get the bolters. Oh, really? I thought you used to be able to do both back in the day. Yeah, I think I don't. I'm not sure you can. Do, let me. I'll check on that. But uh, as, that was my 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 first read through. So uh, any number of models may have their bolt pistol and the Stardust chainsword replaced with the following: one thunder hammer, one bolt gun, 
uh, one thunder. Yeah, there it is. Any number of models it can each have their bolt pistol and a Stardust chainsword replaced with one of the following: one bolt gun mm-hmm. or one thunder hammer. Ah, there you go. So um, you, look, so you can't like they used to like double duty them, and I, I don't even mm-hmm. know the people. Like I, I don't know who anyone who modeled both on the model. They were either like yeah. holding the bolt gun, and you just said they had a chainsword because it was basic equipment or something. So yeah. uh, now you can't do that anymore. Mm. Um, uh, look, De- Death Company. I think the only reason you might not see Death Company is because Sangard are so good. But if you do see Death Company, you're probably only going to see like one, maybe two units. But like, I, I just, I don't know if you can take a lot of these when Sangard are so good. I mean, at the, at the top tier, if you take a bunch of Death Company, you're not going to be sad. Like, you're not going to be like, oh no, these are worse. They're, they're, they're freaking phenomenal. Well, you, you got to ask yourself. So, if you build into your Death Company characters, which there's there's power there, and you know, if you're building in Death Company characters that only buff Death Company units, then that that helps you influence your decision. I think what you've you've got to make a choice here. If if you're if you're looking at everything just base stat for stat, uh, data slate for data slate thing, is that yeah. the Death Company base cost is 22 points per model, with a jump pack is 25 points. 25 points a model for five extra points. You get an extra armor save, an extra attack, mm-hmm. an extra leadership. I mean, if if I came to you and, and said and vastly improved weapons, yep. vastly improved. Would you spend five points? Like, like if I just said five points for this box they gave you plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one. Mm-hmm. Would any of you listening right now say no? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and and that's how you have to, I think, make your value assessment uh, not on the data slate. It's the total composition of your army. Because mm. stat um, for stat, you're going to go with Sanguinary Guard. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that Death Company really bring to the table that uh, Sanguard don't is the reliable turn one charges from Fallen Fury. The fact that you can just take a big unit and guarantee on a smaller board now, you're going to turn one charge pretty much. Well, and a built-in ignore injury. And a built-in plus one. So I, guess, I shouldn't say they get the plus one attack because they're death company. So they're back mm-hmm. up to that. Uh, you know, and then the, the same, the same as Sangard. But I mean, the Sangard weapons are just so much better, dude. So much better. You're comparing I, I, it to a Stardust Chainsaw to an Carmine, a Carmine Sword. You just you can't even do it. I, I'm, I'm with that. That's but I think yeah. your your um, your assessment of the value of this uh, has to transcend just the stats like we're talking about. It has to mm-hmm. be in your total composition of your army. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is this is one I don't understand. So we're the Death Company Intercessors. So they've got the same stat line as an Intercessor, except they've got one more attack, pretty much. Um, so that's three, three, four, four, two, three. That's technically, three. two more attacks because they're Death Company. And then on the charge, of course, they get the extra d- double, double extra. So they've got five attacks on the charge, six if they've got a chainsaw, which you can give these guys. But the issue I have, yeah. So for the same amount of attacks, uh, so one, there's one, one less attack. And two points less, you get a Death Company Marine. Same wounds, but movement 12 with fly. I can't see you... I just... I, I, a Death Company Intercessor should have been the same points as Death Company. It should have been two points less. And then then maybe, even, even then though, I still don't think you can look at these guys as something takeable. I would rather see these guys go up a couple of points and be troops options than be... You know, twenty-four points and being elite slot. If that, if that, does that does that something make sense to you? If these guys were twenty-six points per model or 28, 27 points per model, and in the troop slot, you you might see a unit of them. There, like, there's a few. There's a few things here. Is that they can go in impulsors. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, again, total composition of the army. They can they can be buffed by 
these other characters if you're taking those characters. And I think that the the layer approach of things is now look a marine body with a blood angel stat line is basically an assault marine, no matter what it is. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. These guys are better. You're getting you're thinking to throw a few more dice. Um and they benefit from Lamartis. Lamartis is, is a pretty much a value buy mm-hmm. first points. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, uh, y- y- everything you said is true, um, but and I think they're always going to be edged out because of the points economy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the, for the points cost, for for less points, you get something that's faster and does what Death Company are made to do quicker. Um, which I, means I just think that like, like in the hierarchy, you've, you've got to say Sangard are like unopposed at the top. Yeah, Death these, Company these are, are low choices. Yeah. Extra points Death- are not a lot of extra value, and yes, yeah. a Death Company are below. And I, could, I we're gonna we're gonna in part two we're gonna talk the co- comparison between Death Company and Vanguard vets because they're in this conversation as well. And then you got probably like all the variants of Terminators, and then below them you got Death Company. <laughs> well, sorry, then you got freaking Blade Guard who are who are up there with the freaking the Death Company let's, and the Vanguard vets. It's but, just it's, yeah. Let's yeah. not forget yeah. the, the 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 Marine decks still exist. We're only talking about <laughs> uh, specific Blood Angel. Uh, units mm. here in their supplements but yeah you can still take all that sweet stuff from the marines all right so furioso dreads is up next uh same stat line as the the death company dread you know strength six toughness seven eight wounds uh one less attack at four uh, th- uh three plus armor you could take a heavy frag cannon which is pretty unique to them strength uh, so 18 inch range heavy 2d3 uh, and then auto cannon shots so 2d3 auto cannon shots but only 18 inch range kind of sucks uh you can take the blood cannons and the furioso fist and the magna grapple as as such um and the furioso combat weapons is the only special rule that's different from anyone else uh with his models equipped with two furioso fists or two blood cannons, add one to his task characteristic um if you were gonna do that you would just take a death company one wouldn't you yes yes i don't don't know why i mean the only time only time you'd want to take furioso dreadnoughts is you want if you wanted a fourth dread and you'd already taken the three death company uh, dreads. uh I, I i don't know that the 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 death company dreadnought gets the the shooty weapons i, I don't think it does oh that's true it, it doesn't it doesn't I remember saying it didn't. Um, so yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, the the frag cannon isn't bad. Um, heavy two d three, strength seven minus one two damage. Essentially, it's the same profile as the but one of the. It's blast the, 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 also. Yeah, I mean, doesn't. Hmm. I mean, it's not it's not bad. It's not bad. I just don't know I, if you if you would take it. You're you're not you're not going to take it. I, okay, again, because the that this book is basically HQs and elite slots. Uh yeah. Yeah, it is. Or maybe some fast attacks, which we'll get and, to. And I love all the options. And that is, I'm not saying there's a negative. That is a benefit to the codex, the, the codex itself, uh, but well, not when you're trying to distill it down into one singular list. Well, this this book is kind of so deep, but in only two sections. Like the the elite section is so deep, it's equivalent of another army's entire range. You know, of just like the nuance you can pull out of their elite section. It's crazy. Yes. Sorry, um, not sorry. Thousand sons. <laughs> <laughs> Harlequins. Um, uh, yeah, so next, last one is yours, my dude. I, I, sorry, I should just tell you, Furioso Dread uh, starts you at 120 points. And so does the Balpred, which is up next. Mr. The Balpred. So, let's, let's pull one out for the poor Balpred. Um, I, I love the lore of this, and, and I'm on record again. This is, you know, I kind of blend in, weave in some of this stuff when we're talking on, on Forge the Narrative, but the, uh, the Ball Predator uh you, 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 there's a story about it in the one of the early Imperial armor books uh, about how the the Ball Predator did not originate on Ball. This was not the STC was not created on Ball. The Blood Angels took it and took it back to their planet, and then the Mechanicum showed up. Be like, hey, we heard you have an STC that we don't have yet, and they were like, you know what? And you're never going to get it. 
And that's that's why there's <laughs> there's beef, or at least there was beef between the Mechanicum and the Blood Angels. Hmm. That also factors into why the Blood Angels have so many land raiders. Because <laughs> like, they, yes. they just like turned it on. The Mechanicum hates them because they do all this stuff that they don't want everyone knowing their own pattern dreadnoughts again there's there's yep. there's 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 lore friction between these two imperial factions and i love it and and i That's love correct. it that it was just essentially like throwaway lines in a uh in a book that i don't know they stuck with me mm. long way to say yeah ball predator uh 11 wounds three attacks not that that matters so much but the, but the ball flamestorm cannon 18 inch heavy d6 string six neg two two damage piece each time the attack is made with this weapon the attack automatically hits the target so wait, you're, yours is heavy d6 yeah heavy d6 yeah yeah i wish oh, did I say heavy six? i'm sorry uh, uh, yeah i think we said there was a two in front of that profile but keep going yeah, uh, and so it also has spots, and so you can have the heavy bolter or the heavy flamers. Uh, heavy bolters uh, now heavy bolter damage two, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then the heavy flamer, heavy d six strength five neg one uh, one damage automatically hits. You can put mm-hmm. storm bolters uh, that the you can replace the flamestorm cannon uh, with the assault cannon twin assault cannon heavy twelve strength six neg one one damage. Uh, and it does have overcharged engines. Each time this model advances, do not make an advance roll until the end of the phase. Add six to the movement characteristics. So it has yeah. the Lucifer pattern engines built in as if you were going to take this in some reality. <laughs> Starts at 120 points. Um, I, it, it's guns needed to be better. Do you know what would have made it great? Um, if it's two main guns or assault, you can still have the, the heavy bolters be heavy and the heavy flames be heavy. But, you know, the, the flamestorm cannon and, you know, maybe... For some reason, the the ball chassis makes the assault cannons be assault because um, you know they're assault cannons, and then you could move advance this guy eighteen inches every turn and shoot your main guns. That yeah. would be sick. That would yeah, I, I, something- don't, I don't want a wish list, you know. Like I, I try to avoid that. Just just in general, I try to, to like play yeah. it as it lands, kind of thing. Well, uh, as it lands, it's a it's a crappy potato. It's not even a, a good potato. Well, so um, <laughs> you're gonna try and say it's not. Love no, it. okay. Please. So, so this may again. I, I'm not trying to jump around or, or delay or punt to the to part two or part three or whatever part we're on. Uh, but there, it's a heavy slot, and the Marines have tons of good stuff. And mm. there, do the Blood Angels need everything in here to be stellar? No, they don't. There's enough. There's enough rich Blood Angel specific content in here to where I don't have to like the Ball Predator. Uh, stat wise, mm. and I'm only talking about stats. Like again, we're trying, we're talking about distilling everything down into what is you know a perfect set of efficient stuff, and that's how we're basing our opinion on. And it's not efficient, and it's not perfect, but it doesn't have yeah. to be. Um, yeah, because you know you're, you're gonna if you're a Blood Angel player, you probably already have this tank. It's a treasure trove of bits. Like there are certain icons and stuff in here in this kit that you can only get on this kit or in this mm. kit. And they and they work for your other things. Uh, you don't. Here's another. You don't even have to magnetize the weapons in. They slot in like they're almost. They're one of these early kits to where you could just slot in and out the the guns. So it's addition proof, basically. You know. Mm-hmm. So get it if you want. It's probably not going to make your list though. It's not going to make your efficient tournament match playlist. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it, it's unfortunately never going to do that. Um, um, I'm not right. gonna, I'm hopefully never say never, but right now it's not. It needs, you know, I know I said it, I try not to wish list, but it needs a pregame <laughs> move. You know, it needs, it needs that all, like yeah. all hellhound type, type 
Scoutmove would be nice. Um, that actually brings us to the end of this Codex review. That's cover to cover. That's everything that's in this this bad boy. We've we've hit everything in it, even the stuff that probably wasn't worth talking about. But that's just what we do. Um, so, my man, Paul, uh, we used to do an internal and an external rating for this. So, how good do you think this was in relation to the recent publications for Blood Angels? As in, like, uh, so that'd be an out of 10, a 5 being a pass score, 10 being exceptional, this is the best thing they've ever had, 0 being this is tragic, this is the worst thing they've ever had. Um, what would you give it out of 10? Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid 8. And that yeah, is, the reason I feel that way is because it's, it's, it's probably held up. It's it, like being the fact that it's a Marine and a supplement of the Marine book, mm-hmm. it, it probably pushes it from, you know, a, a six and a half, seven up to a solid 8. Yeah, I think this is a um, this is a testament to the the concept that they're building on the marine faction with the supplements building out. Because if this was just the next Blood Angels um, uh, Codex, the eighth edition one to this is a significant nerf when you don't take the rest of the the Space Marine Codex into consideration. The fact is now these guys have uh, Centurions, <laughs> Thunderfire Cannons, all those things that they didn't have before in conjunction with all these amazing things is phenomenal. It's really, really good. It makes it a really strong, well-rounded faction now. But uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to give this a six out of, out of 10. I think this is only a slight step up from their last codex. They lost a lot of what I would call jank. A lot of the, the jank things that they did um, that made them more than just a run at your face, smash you to bits army. Which is what they've always been, but see, they were they were that plus, they were that and more last edition, and I feel like that's been stripped back a bit. But the fact that they've given options, uh, like a, a whole wealth of new unit options, I think makes them on the whole better than they were before, and so that's why it's better than a five, better than just being a pass equal to what they had. Um, as for how where you think Blood Angels sit in the 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 rankings for competitive players, for how good they are in relation to all the other codexes and books that we've had. Um, I'm making. We're going to do our usual C to S tier. S tier being better than it probably should be, and better than everything else. C tier being. I usually go to F tier, but there's nothing. There's nothing in F tier at the moment. <laughs> C tier being. Uh, it's good. You'll have fun. There's one or two good builds. B being. Uh, mostly good builds. Uh, a, a is everything is good. Like the Space Marine Codex, just the Codex is is an A tier. Everything is good. You can throw a dart at the things. You'll make a. De- you'll make an army. It will be good. S is. Everything in your book, no matter what you do, is super powerful. Things like um, Harlequins, White Scars, Sisters of Battle. Um, what would you say this is? Where do you think Blood Angels are? Um, I, uh, that's a lot of letters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, dude. Uh, so let me let me. Uh, can I give like a little bit of a story? Sure. Here and, and then and then I'll just I'll stick the answer because because I'm not going to give any caveats to to my answer. Uh, but uh, but I will say that uh, the the best. The Blood Angels have ever been was when they were a supplement to the blood to the Space Marine Codex. Yep, That's I mean correct. just height of of power and fun and everything and uh and, and so I think I think there's only good thing to come good things to come if they maintain this format going forward. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, I will also say that if it's this is difficult for me to answer because look, normally I've got travel behind me i've i've booked turn i've played in tournaments i've 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 got a better feel for what the context of everything is out there so this is more of a finger in the air type answer um but i can tell you that were i to travel to a tournament tomorrow i would be taking blood angels and i would be taking this list that i've developed oh um, yeah 
And, and so I'm going to give a solid conservative B. Ooh, nice. I, I'll go. I'll go one higher. I think they're an A to an A plus for where they're sitting at the moment. I think their straight their straight line power is as good as anybody's. Like their literal straight line power is as good as or better than just about everybody. I think, th- funnily enough, I think Space Wolves' straight line power is comparable. Um, yeah. They have less dynamic options. Like they have their their Thunderwolf cab is the only thing that is comparable to Sangard. Whereas you have the Sangard, you have the Vanguard vets, you have the yeah. Death Company. You have the, I, I put the, the, I put in the show notes for for FTN this week about how I think Spaceful players are kvetching a bit because it's different. Like what what is good mm-hmm. is shifted away from Wolfen yeah. to Thunderwolves, and the yeah. same. And, and then that when we shifted to Thunderwolves originally, Thunderwolves. I think the only reason people didn't revolt then is because the concept of Thunderwolf was so freaking cool. Appealing, yeah, <laughs> so appealing. Uh, uh, no one's unhappy. <laughs> no yeah. one, no one does. But we're just in that kind of shift now. But with with the Blood Angels, I don't even think we're at a shift. I think that you could almost take the exact same things that you were taking then, and they'll be just fine now. And the only reason I'm being a conservative B is because, uh, you know, again, I'm not tested against you know going to somebody else's pool and seeing how I slug around in, you know, yet. Uh, but yeah. I, th- I think it's going to get there. No, I, I appreciate your, your candor as well. I appreciate your holding back to wanting to have your real-life experience before you have a final say. Um, but that brings us to an end of this episode. It's, I think we've been going long enough. We've been well over two and a half hours. And hopefully, we've done that Codex Justice, guys. Hopefully, you found that in um, informative um, if you would not otherwise have been able to attain this information. If you have, hopefully, you've found our, our insights interesting. But uh, if you're at all interested in the part two of this of this episode, we'll be going and recording it now. Um, it'll be mostly breaking down the lists that uh, Paul has written and giving some insights into his thinking, what he thinks works, what he thinks doesn't. Where, do you th- where he thinks it's strong and weak. We've got a couple of listener questions to go over. And then we're going to deep dive a couple of the builds. What do you want to, your, your core to be? What size units? Uh, what kind of detachments? Things of that nature. What kind of secondaries you want to take? Um, so yeah, if you're interested in that, please jump over to the Patreon page. You can also find us on Art of War. 40k.com the brand new freaking art of war website which is shiny and beautiful made by actually made by and created by joshua diffie the same gentleman who wrote and did the fdn uh website an incredible gentleman in our amazing industry man. and in our community amazing amazing man um so if you're all interested in that please jump over sign on you can sign up for both the art of war and art of war down under for a whole a 10 10 bucks you get both instead of um 590 getting getting either so you get a bit of a discount there and you get both of those great pieces of content but yeah, we're going to go from record that. Paul, thank you so very, very, very much for giving us your brain, your insights, and uh, your, jeez, uh, your personality. You're just, you're just a freaking joy to, to communicate with and have on things like this. So thank you so much, my man. Uh, thanks for inviting me, man. Uh, you guys out there, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Beautiful. And you can find Paul and me over on FTN Forge Narrative every week uh, where we record things in a much more laid back, whimsical, but also no less interesting and informative manner. Um, so yeah, jump over there. We'll see you then and see you on part two, guys. Take care. Say goodnight, Paul. Good night, Paul. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.